It is Wednesday, my dudes. This is how I win. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. Hate, 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 hate. Double hate. Load entirely. You're out of order. You're out of order. Everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you. Welcome back to Your List Sucks. This is exactly the panel when I picked this episode that I said these are the people that are going to submit list. Um, yeah, this should be interesting. Should be fun. A um, few housekeepings uh, to uh, get off the top. Uh, Mike is here, so buy their shit. Uh, we'll yeah. help them with cross promotion and go check out all the stuff they're doing at Video Store. Um, they have Nazario has done less. But the channel has not done has done more in the last year. So be proud of them. Um, they have a really cool uh, episode. I think today, uh, women in film uh, yeah. with a whole an all women panel, which doesn't happen. And we're on YLS, and it's National Women's Day, which is really wild because there is no show on the internet that hates women more than this show. <laughs> um, just because we never pick we pick actors and actresses, and it's all male that get picked and no women. So not my fault. I'm just the host. Second, uh, to next week is the fandom bracket um, for March Madness. It will be chaos. Decided by me and Kirk. Ranked by Tim and Tuig. And two of the people so far, Brian Michaels and Kaiser. This is already going to be crazy. <laughs> I'm looking for three more people to fill out the panel. Uh, so if you want to be on. Uh, more fandom centric because I've got two people that I would not consider that love fandom very much. They hate a lot of things. Um, so that one. And then the following week is endings with Scott Harvey. Um, uh, Melissa, you'll be fine. I promise. Um, you will probably finish last. That's the only thing I have to say. You'll probably answer. You'll probably finish last. But endings with Scott Harvey. Send your list uh, to Scott. I will not be on the show. Not my week. And then the last week, it could be something baseball themed. I have no idea. Could be a UFC in that. We might change, switch into just UFC. Um, tonight, we have 2012 to 2021. Um, I also shout out uh, Barstool Chicago. They always do snake drafts on Mondays. They just did the Oscar snub one which I thought was really interesting where it did like a uh, uh, picture, uh, two, a two actors uh, or actresses, and then uh, a song um, and a director. And I thought it was really fun for that perspective. I might want to do that for the uh, uh, whatever the case may be for coming up episodes, especially after the Oscars this Sunday, who knows what's going to happen? Because uh, that show definitely does not know what the fuck they're doing. Uh, but we're doing best films 2012 to 2021. I don't even know what the thumbnail is. What is the thumbnail? Yeah. <laughs> don't bring it back up. I'm curious now, too. Oh, shit. I, I, uh, listen, uh, yeah, if, I, listen, if RRR 
qualified, that'd be the fucking thumbnail. We get clicks anytime I put anything RRR in anything. Remember to uh, find three R's to put it in this title and just put it there somewhere. <laughs> Capitalize them and make it important. Uh, but we're doing this. We did this. R is three times capitalized. We did this previously, but it was a panel that was like a fever dream. No one remembered being on the episode, so it's wild. Uh, I think Coho was on it. Were you on it? Couldn't Don't know if you were, but no, you weren't. You weren't. It was Peggy. It was Paul. It was Kirk and Brian. Hmm. Um, so we did this. We moved it up, uh, and then I reached out to certain people and got them. Mike, you're here. Yeah. Um, you've got to be tired. You're literally carrying the video store on in your back. <laughs> um, and you're and in that backpack is literally a heavy person from Pan- Panama. Like he li- and I can say that because he put me in a group chat that says two fat men and Mike. Like he literally put that. So I get a pass on calling him a big guy. Um, so Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I think the last time I've been on the show was when we did the multiverse, and I was so. Oh, you're right. You mean that? That thing. Yeah. Well, you told me at the beginning of the year, you're like, "Hey, I got Wednesday. I'm, I'm going to be available more Wednesdays." I'm like, "Sweet, get you on." Next up is Dylan. Uh, Dylan is one of the first people that ever uh, sent a list and also was waving a white flag and said, please stop hitting me. Um, so we'll see where his list ranks. Uh, how do you think you're going to – well, we already know that. But how are you doing personally? Like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm all right. But, yeah, I, I'm screwed tonight because <laughs> if I don't get last place, it's going to be, be a fucking miracle. Like that's what needs to happen for me to not lose. But it should be fun either way. I think I'll skip the other person, but I'll, to an ally, I think you might have somebody on the panel to be more of an ally. Aaron, I think if anything, I think Aaron may be uh, a person to <laughs> lend a hand down while you're getting punched in the face. Uh, Aaron, Good how here. are you Good doing? Here. Well, uh, I'm here to defend my undefeated record of one and zero in YLS uh, with a two and zero. That would be the only way I'd defend it, correct? So, uh, you know, I don't like to assume what movies you like. Cody, I don't know. Like, you know, you're you're full of surprises. So maybe you're gonna turn out to really enjoy like my movies and stuff. But uh if not, uh I'm a huge fan of Dylan. I'm here to support Dylan. That's why I'm really on the panel tonight. So go Dylan. Team Dylan. The, Thank you. Uh Aaron is one that here. gave me a movie. Aaron's somebody that gave me a movie that's personally on my top one hundred now. So I, I appreciate that. A matter of life and death. Go check it out. Agree with me. Yeah, hell yeah. I'll be um, right back. And too. next Okay, you're next up is uh Coho. Um, Coho did something that I want everybody to understand. Coho did something that I respect, it's surprising, but I do respect him. Not only is he the first ever winner of the show before the show started, because he now works at the company I work for and gifted me money that not personally, but the company gave me money for Coho working there, and I did not vouch for him to get a job because I probably would have said, don't hire that potato sack, but they hired him. So I'm proud of you. Welcome to the company. Great things. Second, he also did something. He retired movies that he's talked about at nauseum on this show. That's true. So I appreciate that. So I don't have to sit there and say the same there's, things about the same movies. 
it's just I think people are bored. I'll, I'll just get some of that out of the way. There's no reason for me to talk about La La Land anymore. I think I've said everything I've said about my favorite movie. There's no reason for me to talk about La La Land. If you want to hear my best thoughts on La La Land, go watch the uh, the episode I did with Mike uh, back on the video store. That's probably the most in-depth I've ever gone on that movie. I don't need to talk about it anymore. You know my thoughts. I think it's my favorite movie of all time. Great. There's other ones that you've heard me talk about a lot. Uh, if, if you're like, oh, Coho's cheating because he doesn't have Steve Jobs or some shit. I talk about those movies a lot. And you're going to hear me talk about them a lot on different shows still. Uh, so I wanted to highlight things that I really love that are maybe my second or third favorites from any given year, but I haven't talked about them a lot. So, Last thing I will say, um, there's also a video out there that shows that I'm actually a human and not such a psych- like angry psychopath. It's called Movies Are My Life um, on the video store. I've gotten more messages like, oh, my gosh, you're not a royal dickhead. You're correct. I'm not. <laughs> that's um, what. That's the best part of being on that show. You get yeah. like tons of these messages all of a sudden. And people are like, you're human? You've been through yeah. shit. It's it, was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty nice. I've never opened up like that on the internet ever. Um, so it, it was a great show. It was a great show. Um, but go check out my episode because um, I'm an egotistical asshole and I want the highest views on that show. Possible. Do not give him more views than I have. I'm currently <laughs> probably about 20 views ahead. So if you're Team Aaron J, go over and click on my episode. Guess who's going to fall you, you asleep don't even, with you don't, you don't even have to watch it. Just click on it. That's it. Don't Guess who's going to fall asleep asking. with that thing on loop tonight? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Let's get, uh, get okay. those views. <laughs> Uh, Mike's like fucking do it both. Yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. Mike's like, I don't give a oh. shit. <laughs> uh, Mike's like, I love a war. Let's do it. Um, okay, so how the show works is basically uh, ten through eight, seven through four. Then we'll trade threes, twos, and ones, and then there'll be a winner. Well, we're all fighting for everybody else is fighting for second place at this point. So um, Mike's going to kick it away. You're only going to yikes on the movie. You're not going to yikes on the year. And then we'll talk about. You're basically going to be count like movie against each other, like in that year. So that's how kind of the winner would have been decided. Um, Mike, tell us okay. what's on your list. Okay, so my number ten going 2017. It chapter one. Exactly, I knew that was going to happen. Number nine, I got <laughs> 2014's Chef. And then another one that you know everyone's going to yikes for sure. Number eight, I got 2013's This Is The End. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. So, yeah, It Chapter One. I, I fucking love this movie. I like, it's my favorite Stephen King book, and my favorite part of Stephen King book is the children's side of the story, and this one is full on the children's side. It Everything about it is just fucking incredible. I love all the child actors in it. The performances are great. Especially Finn Wolfhard, of course. His comedic timing is fucking up there. I love um, Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. I think that was the right move. Coming, trying to do a Tim Curry was never going to happen, so bringing him on was great. The little horror moments throughout are fantastic, like the library. And I just love just hanging out with those kids for the runtime. The runtime is exceptional for this. I'm glad that they didn't try to combine both of them because it wouldn't have worked that way. Um, everything else, like the ending, especially with uh, them fighting Pennywise, yeah, they roast the shit out of him to take him out. I enjoy the shit out of that. That's fucking great. <laughs> That's how you do the shit. You roast him. <laughs> great shit. Chef. 
yeah, this is just a good feel good movie. I, I, I love movie that I with really less to no conflict in it. Like the beginning has a small conflict and then it's just a joy ride throughout. You just get to hang out with John Favreau, John Leguizamo, and John Favreau's child for the entire runtime of them on a food truck with so it fantastic looking food that makes me hungry every time I watch it. Oh my god, every scene of that with them making that food. I, I just want that food so bad that I actually went looking for his truck when he was out in LA. That movie made me go look for his truck for a while. I love the fact that uh, they go to different spots in the US and highlight different foods through that. I love the relationship between him and his son and how that progresses as a uh, as a movie progresses, especially when you find out that the kid has been making the little like one second shot TikTok video for him. I thought that was such a sweet way to end that movie. And it just shows that John Favreau's character, yeah, he kind of got fucked on his job, but he ended up gaining so much more off of it. And I think that was a really sweet way to go. Um, and your eight was? This is the end, 2013. Yeah, I just absolutely love this fucking movie. I saw this four times in the theater. I, I became obsessed with this movie for a while. Seth Rogen is just fucking hilarious in this. And I love Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill has this fucking like sneaky little asshole throughout the movie is fantastic and then he gets fucked by a demon <laughs> he, he gets possessed which is fucking awesome and i just love like my favorite part of this movie is the ending where they can wish for anything they want to be brought back so instead of wishing for their friends they wish for the backstreet boys to come back and do a song it's so fucking stupid but i absolutely love it and then the emma watson bit is so fantastic like, it's definitely not her usual role at all, but they play it off so well. Yeah, it's just a fun time overall. Um, okay, so it... Uh, I think I've talked about this on YLS before, but the Tim Curry, uh, it uh, terrified me yeah. to no end as a child. Um, I walked in the middle of the streets. Um, I don't think I washed my hand for a month, which is very disgusting, but I didn't, I don't think, because um, of that balloon pop. <laughs> I got to this late. I watched this this week for the first time. I didn't love it overall. Like, I, I will I'll admit to you that I think It Chapter 1 is probably a better like product than the It from the 90s because of what they're able to do, it's not a TV series. But the fear that I have from that 90s one didn't live up to this one because, one, I'm older, but I was like, it ain't the same. Like, even when it's, like, teeth and, like, you get heat, the special, like, the simple things are, like, the things that Tim Curry's able to show in the 90s was freaky to me. I think it was just, like, too much of it, which I know why they did it because I can see why that's terrifying. But if you've seen the 90s one, terrifying for me so didn't love it but didn't hate it uh, i think it got a lot of hype but i think some people were like finally this on call uh like on on screen like this is exactly what i wanted so fair uh anybody that can cook cook that pasta at the beginning <laughs> of this movie cook the pasta for me it looks like the best pasta ever um it's fucking molten you dick um 
I love uh, Dustin Hoffman just being an asshole to him. Like, cook the menu. It's blah, 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 blah. It's just so good. Um, and let me, I've never wanted a Cuban sandwich more in my entire life. Like, let's be real. One of the best sandwiches overall in this movie. Let's go. Uh, top 100 material. I love Chef. I think it's deserves it. Every, every, all of its praise and then some. It needs more. I love this movie. I watched it with Michael Cole. And I, lucky lucky there wasn't a restaurant around afterwards or we would have smashed it around. Um, and then, listen, not my kind of movie overall. Didn't love it. But nothing like funniest moments I've ever laughed in the theater is when they all wake up and Danny McBride is in the kitchen and he's cooked everything. Like everything. And they're like, Dick, that's really food. I have to be a little grateful, okay? Like, could you breakfast? Like, he doesn't get it. It's so good. Uh, but overall, like, not like my favorite comedy in this, but I can see Mike just dying to this movie. So, good start to your list overall. It was a lot of fun. I almost watched this as the end again, just to refresh, but I remembered all that I needed to remember. Dylan, man, the myth, the legend, take it away. So my number 10 for 2012 is The Cabin in the Woods. Funniest my movie number... of the 2010s, somebody once said. My number nine is from 2020, Kajillionaire. Oh, wow. <laughs> and my number eight from 2013 is Her. Hey, yikes. Cool. All right, so then my number 10, The Cabin in the Woods. Uh, this was probably the toughest year for me to pick because going back to it, I think this was when I just before I got into films, so the, a lot of the big ones I haven't seen. Uh, but yeah, this is a this is a really really fun movie. I think like in it came out in a time where I think meta horror had kind of been a little bit played out and is still kind of I feel like played out today, and it was still managed to do like a fun spin on that like specific subgenre. Uh, yeah, just great writing, a lot of great jokes, and just great like fan service for people who love this genre it's just a lot of fun uh and my number nine is kajillionaire uh this is a really underrated movie i feel like from from this decade uh one that i think a lot of people need to check out i think in 2020 like around pandemic the miranda july the director is like someone who i got into a lot and was like one of my favorite discoveries of that year just like her films i think she has such a unique like voice in american independent filmmaking and just like her how like her movies are she's one of these directors who are I, i'm sure cody if he's seen the movie probably wouldn't like it because her movies are very quirky uh but uh i think it's a different type of quirky where she also includes like a lot of character or some characters that are like actually normal and like provide good contrast to the more really weird people in the movie uh, and in this movie in particular uh evan rachel wood is like giving a particularly weird performance like uh as this person who is in a, like a family of con artists basically her parents are played by richard jenkins and deborah winger and yeah just like how their story intertwines with this woman named uh played by gina gina rodriguez who is also amazing in the movie and like her relationship that she forms with Evan Rachel Wood's character is just really, really sweet. And just, yeah, very nice, like you very unique spin on this genre. Cause it's like, it's basically a heist film, but it's more of like a 
quirky independent character drama and it's one that i think is really really cool and more people should check out uh kevin woods yeah i watched this for the first time on funniest movies of the 2010s um brooklyn vale put it on there and i've never saw it before and i was like so it didn't work for me in the context of the show, <laughs> but in the context of the the, the movie's really good. Like uh, I think the movie's really good. Um, I mean, it's got what's that? What's that guy from The West Wing that people think is good? Coho, what's his Bradley name? Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford. Yeah, I think he's a hack overall. But uh, uh, <laughs> just kidding. I don't know, it was just for her. Yeah, uh, I think it's really good. I think it's so. I think it's a very interesting horror movie, and I think like. I never thought of a horror movie to be like that, like that they would come up with that idea. And I think like they should like definitely like explore more in that. Um, so definitely enjoyed it. Your second one. Yeah. I didn't watch it. Um, I saw pancakes on the poster and then I saw like the white shrew, like wearing glasses in this, like the, the background for letterbox. I said, you know what? I'm probably going to pass on that since it's mine, but Aaron gave it four and a half stars and you really liked about it. So there's a shot that I don't like it, but I may watch it at some point to <laughs> prove you wrong or say, yeah, I do like it. Um, yeah, okay. Coho, take it away. Uh, so for the year 2013, uh, my pick is The Hunt. Um, my number nine from the year 2012 is Skyfall. Uh, my number eight from the year 2021 is Tick, Tick, Boom. That's only eight? Wow. Crazy stuff, I know. Uh, so the hunt. Uh, most people are gonna be like, Caleb, where the hell is things like the way way back?" So, again, I retired a couple movies, but I do really, really love what Thomas Vinterberg does as a director. Um, in just the very limited experience I have with him, I've noticed his movies are very much about him finding the very human perspective in really dark situations, and this one is probably the more emotional of the two. Uh, is Mads Mikkelsen at probably his career best? An incredible performance from Mads Mikkelsen, who is just doing so much with just his eyes uh, where he conveys so much sadness and so much hurt, but also so much truth and honesty. Um, it's really great. Uh, Vinterberg and Lindholm are a really good writing duo. Both the movies that they've written together, the Vinterberg's directed are phenomenal uh, and mad stars in both. Uh, so I would say check both of them out. Uh, but I went with this one for 2013 because uh, I think more people should see it. Uh, Best international feature nominee from that year. Uh, fantastic stuff. Um, Skyfall. Uh, my favorite James Bond movie still. Um, I think that it is super, super, super fun to watch. The action's really well done. I think I love the back and forth between Silva and Bond. I think Silva is probably my favorite Bond villain. Um, I think he's the one that gives me most on the same level as Bond as I see him as a true equal. Um, I think that Javier Bardem is having so much fun in the part. You can just see it. He's so menacing, but also just like eating it up. Um, I think Judy Dench is M is the most important M in any of the movies. This is the most important M has ever been. Um, and I think that is a really smart, fun choice because making M an actual important part to Bond's history and Bond's story instead of just the person who gives him missions, I think is, adds a new level to their relationship. And I think Dench is phenomenal in it. Um, I love Ben Wishaw as Q. It's his first time playing Q. I think he's so fun. Uh, it's just this nerdy tech guy. Uh, I think he's really, he's, he's kind of funny. He's just this sarcastic prick. Um, and Naomi Harris is great. Uh, I, I'll watch her and love her and everything because, you know, Tia Dom will be stand. Uh, but she's great in Skyfall. Um, overall, yeah, favorite Bond, love it. Uh, tick, Tick, Boom, my favorite movie of 2021. 
Um, I uh, I love musicals. It's directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is like my hero. Uh, the man's directorial debut. It, you would not think this is someone's first movie. I think it's directed really well. Um, the way that it blends the stage show and also the real life story of the stage show is really well done uh, to sort of give you multiple layers to that story. I think Andrew Garfield is incredible. Um, I think it's his best performance. One of my favorite performances uh, of all time, really. I love going back to that. I see it so many times. It keeps just climbing up that list. Uh, he's terrific. Um, I think the musical numbers are really great. I, in, in its stage form, Tick, Tick, Boom is not one of my favorites, but the movie version of Tick, Tick, Boom, I think is a great adaptation uh, that gives it more life and more characters um, to love. I think uh, Alexandra Shipp and Vanessa Hudgens are really fun. And Bradley Whitford is great. as Stephen Sondheim in his like, two scenes. I think he's amazing. I wish there was a full Sondheim movie with Whitford in the role because he's amazing. Um, yeah, love Tick, Tick, Boom. Love 3090. Okay. The Hunt. Uh, yeah, I don't know when I watched this, but I watched this for a while this episode. I don't know the exact episode. Um, I was for a couple hundred. Uh, hard subject matter overall. Um, and the story, like, I don't love it. Like, it's one of those, like, I know it's weird, like, I watch Spotlight, and that's a hard subject matter, but overall, it's still, like, this one's like, rough. That lie spreading and, like, him walking to that grocery store. I still remember that scene, like, rough. I think Matt, he's a really good actor, so I definitely can understand that. Um, it just doesn't have much rewatchability for me. Uh, nine, Skyfall. I think what you said is like the M and everything. I think it's the the reason why is because every other Bond and every other character was just one-offs all the time. So for the third movie in the series, for them all to have weight and character development and to have it, like it was built into this correct thing. So it, it's one of those payoffs. Skyfall is my favorite one as well, so... But again, I will say this, like Craig Bond and like Timothy Dalton, like that stuff, but like the margin isn't high to like clear. I think a yeah. lot of Bond is like awful to be real. Like I don't enjoy watching James Bond. It's made me question cinema twice. So I'm done. Like I'll be honest with you. Like if, if I, I'll never play anybody in a trivia match, but if you want and pick Roger Moore Bond, you'll win, whatever it is, because I will not watch him again. I refuse to go through that process ever again. Yeah, so it's awful. Um, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, I just always love the people that were like, you know, this was um, the guy that wrote Rent. And I was like, listen to the songs. I can tell you this is the guy that wrote Rent. Like, the music is very close to what Rent is. So, and that's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Um, I don't love all of this movie. I think the opening I love, like that 3090 or whatever, I've listened to that numerous times. I think it's the therapy song. Isn't that the one it's yeah. called? Yeah. I don't like that part. I have no I have no business thinking about that. Uh, the thing is, I think Garfield is one of those actors that is, you know, incredible. Like he's a really good actor and he just keeps getting better with age. Um, I like, I think two of his movies last year, like his performance is scary. Like how good he was. Maybe three, I don't know. Honestly, don't... he did four movies last year and he's incredible in all four. Well, listen, like you'll, you'll, when you like something, you'll like literally take bullets for it. Like it's crazy, sure. but like you'll overpraise, which is fine. Not a bad thing. Mainstream um, sucks, but he's very good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, good. Good choices already. I, they're very you, but they're very, they're, they're good. Aaron. Take it away. Yeah. Um, so my 2020 selection for my number 10, 
the Django Unchained or Django Unchained. Uh, number nine, 2016 Arrival. And number eight, you know me. I love my Marvel 2017 Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It's just a Marvel show. What can I say? Um, I'm so excited. I, yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. I have defended that movie for life, so I have no problem bringing it. Uh, Django Unchained, my favorite uh, Quentin Tarantino, I think. Uh, there's like probably four that can kind of rotate through that. But uh, I just love this movie. Uh, I'm all about turning the oppressed into the oppressors. I know he's done it a few times. I just prefer this of all the times he's done it. Uh, everybody in the movie, especially Kerry Washington, uh, just great. Uh, but, you know, obviously um, the soundtrack, my favorite soundtrack of this century as well like i can listen to any of the songs and just the king theme especially is my favorite probably um yeah just a great movie uh really great little twist on spaghetti westerns black exploitation buddy buddy movies all all the above uh quinn at his best in the interviews he did did for this movie leading up to it with all the way he was talking in interviews just go ahead and watch that on youtube it's amazing uh but yeah number nine arrival uh yeah denny villeneuve he doesn't make bad movies this is no exception um this is one i came to pretty late i uh thought i would kind of just be bored and yeah i was like i'll get it but yeah it just i feel the way that it used time within the movie language and just uh to tell the story just really really beautiful like uh yeah, and I really don't normally like Jeremy Renner, and I just think this is like him at his best, which I didn't think was going to be very good. And yeah, he's really great in the movie. Uh, smarter people are able to talk about this and have talked about this much better, but I like this movie a lot. So there we go. Number eight, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 Harold and Maude Edition. Uh, Cat Stevens, need I say more, father and son at the end of this movie with Yondu, I think is his name. I never even saw the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I went into this one with my brother because I was like, fine, I'll go to the movie. How good could this be? When I say I was crying at the end of this movie, I was like rumble, trembling, crying at the at the death uh, of Yondu at the end of this movie and all the father shit. It just like hit me completely. I was not expecting it at all. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I think that every, this no one should take the MCU seriously and no movie I feel like takes it less serious than maybe the new Thor, but I haven't seen that. So I don't know, but I probably would love it. Um, but yeah, no guardians of the galaxy volume two. I wasn't lost at all. Uh, completely was able to get the story. Uh, yeah. Kurt Russell's great in it. Uh, I mean, come on, there's nothing to dislike the beginning of the movie. I think with Mr. Blue sky. Oh uh, yeah. It's just, it's perfect. And uh, yeah, not enough jokes. If anything, taser face. Uh, great, 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 great. Uh, there's a reason they're bringing James Gunn back for Guardians 3. I will see that, and that will be my send-off from the MCU because I'm good. I did eventually see the first Guardians, also good, but it's no Guardians 2. Guardians 2, probably too low on this list, actually. No, I'm, I'm making regrets, but at least it made my top 10. Go MCU! Can't wait for X-Men. So I did a really good job of not interrupting. So uh, yeah, good job. You like chewed on something in the middle, even. <laughs> you you hurt you hurt me a few times. But we'll get there in a second. Uh, Django, um, yeah, I love Django Unchained. I have a ton of fun with this movie. I think it is um, like <laughs> everything kind of in a movie that I just absolutely love. Um, 
It's also like my favorite custom letterbox poster right now. I think right now it's just the skull with the yeah. bloody hand and the bread. It's just so so awesome. Um, I think uh, like it's got so much fun. Like it's funny, but it's also like got some hard, uncomfortable scenes to watch too. Which I think he does such a balance of. Like he knows that you have to laugh at some point because if not, like you're. You'll blow some blood vessels in your eyes, like of how intense it is. Like that scene where uh, Leo like turns to him and like there's literally the dogs. Like he sicks the dogs and he just stares at Django the whole time. It's just like one of the most uncomfortable scenes. Uh, but great, great choice of the movies. Way should be way higher in my opinion. But uh, number nine, Arrival. I've said this before. Um, I like a lot of this movie. I don't love the ending of this movie, and everybody's like, "What?" It's the best. And I'm like, I hate the phone call. I hate the phone call. I always like the phone call. Nothing will change. <laughs> uh, but overall, good movie. Amy Adams probably. I don't know who won that year for the Oscar, but I think like this is the year that people think she should have won. Um, I don't probably disagree. Um, and then eight, my longest grant of the day. Uh, my favorite uh, MCU movie, uh, besides No Way Home, because that just it doesn't count, uh, is uh, is Guardians One. Uh, Guardians 2, uh, James Gunn decides to pull down his pants and takes a giant shit on the Guardians, which really makes me frustrated and mad. Um, like, they waste a lot of things in this movie, like Kurt Russell, um, which he could have been, like, the next baddie of the MCU for, like, spanned movies, because, like, he can create fucking planets. But instead, <laughs> we're going to make Peter Quill have daddy issues um, that are supposed to, like populate real fast um drax that's all about literal stuff and he doesn't understand like that uh so instead he <laughs> hold on i did not interrupt you please do not interrupt me uh thank you um instead of that uh we decide to put a brick wall behind him and a stand-up mic and say hey go tell jokes because you're funny laugh laugh uh, which drives me absolutely nuts because where he's like uh, it goes right over his head. No, I'll catch it. And now he's like, oh, I think about intercourse with you. Um, they say that that's because they spend time with the Guardians, but it's only been three months. So that means fuck, that means nothing. You don't change that fast over time. Uh, everyone gets a joke. Everyone. They play taser face for way too fucking long in this entire thing and think it's hilarious. Um, and I'm so frustrated and pissed off at the end of it. I don't care about Yondu's death. I'm like, let's move on. And the music is overall way worse than the first one. Like, if I'm being honest, like it was the classic thing of like, ooh, they liked our music in the first one. Let's add more music and like, cool. And Taika Waititi watched it and goes, you know what? You liked Ragnarok. You thought that was funny. Time to turn up the jokes to a thousand. Love and thunder. Here we go. It's awful. I fucking hate this movie. It's my second worst of the MCU. Oh. And you said your swan song. That's uh, mine. I will never watch this movie again. I have no business. Um, and James Gunn is also one of those people that uh, is probably going to fucking ruin DC. Like, it's fair. He's going to fucking shoot it in the head. He couldn't do any worse than what they did before, but there's already a corpse on the floor, and he's going to add more corpses. It's crazy. Um, but I think, oh, and Suicide Squad, that one too, awful. Like, if we're being, he's not funny. He's not a funny person anymore. He lost his ability to tell jokes. It's like Spielberg needs an editor. Uh, somebody needs uh, somebody needs to look at James Gunn and go, no funny, man. No, not funny. Not funny. Don't make that joke anymore. That's what I wish. Thank you for your time. My TED Talk is complete. Oh Mike, yeah. the gloves come off. Everyone now gets to talk. 
Uh, you can't make any comments about past conversations that happened through eight through ten. So that editor comment is awful. Oh, God damn it, uh, Mike! Tell us what your seven is. My seven. It's me. That's got to be this Swiss Army Man, two thousand sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> the fart movie. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If a movie was made for me. It's this movie. The quote sums it up perfectly. If you don't know Jurassic Park, you don't know shit. <laughs> That's this entire movie through and through. I and I love the fact that I grow so attached to Paul Dano throughout this entire movie oh my God. until the last 15 <laughs> minutes when you find out what is really happening. <laughs> Me watching this in the theater, I was so pumped. I was so happy. Jurassic Park through and through. They had the theme song, they had the everything. Oh and then 15 God. minutes, you find out he's a fucking stalker. <laughs> and I went, what the fuck is going on? And it actually made me love it even more. People went, they fucking got my ass this entire movie. They had me pumped. And then Daniel Radcliffe has a farting corpse, Oscar-winning performance right there. <laughs> fucking fun for that. Yeah, I love the hell out of this movie. You're muted. Yeah, I don't like this movie at all. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like it at all the first time I watched it. And... I remember I, I went back and watched it in 2021, and I, my review was, oh, why? And the only person that liked it was Zach Ford that also gave it two stars, uh, <laughs> which is now the true evil. He's now the true villain of Wildlands. <laughs> if you didn't turn it into the last two episodes, he got Aaron Jay really frustrated, and oh, then he got Tim Burkala really frustrated. So <laughs> uh, maybe I'm siding with the wrong person, but yeah. Um, I don't. Flatulence isn't funny to me, and they really rely on that for a long time in the movie. Um, yeah, everybody else has thought on Swiss Army Man. I know that I will probably be on an island by myself, so go ahead, everybody. I haven't seen it. I love the movie, obviously. Um, I'm required to. I have A24 on my sleeves tonight <laughs> for my free A24 shirt for my birthday. Shout out to A24. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a great movie. Great performances all the way around. Great ending as well. Really makes you feel like an ass. <laughs> yeah, I avoid it. How many A24 movies do you hate? Uh, probably like five to six. Okay. <clears throat> the rest of them I can tolerate at least. All right. Uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, I just said I avoided this shit. So let me see. It seems like a movie you'd like. Yeah, it's very good. You'd like it. It seemed like nonstop Reddit humor, so I just kind of avoided it. <laughs> nah. It's more 4chan. Oh, um, even better. I don't know what that means, actually. I've never been on 4chan. Don't, 4chan don't ever still around? <laughs> I don't know. Is that the uh, Mike was? <laughs> Sorry. That's where you buy a kidney, I think. Uh, Mike, what's your uh, what's your six? All right, so my six is 2021's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Fuck yeah. 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 You know what? The last couple of years, they've been doing a lot of legacy sequels. And I think this is by far the best one. Like, they hit everything about the original, and they just upped it a notch. I love the... I love the fact that they do the memory of Harold Ramis very well. Like it's that, that ending fucking made me tear up in the theater. Anytime I watch it, that ending still gets me. I love it. Uh, new iterations of like kids. I think they're 
they're doing really well. Bringing back Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson, and Dan Aykroyd for that ending was great. I think the action scenes work really fucking great. The visual effects are out there. I think um, having um, a right man do this movie was a way to go. I did not care for the 2016 one, so I had very low expectations for this movie when it was announced, but it took everything, and I fucking absolutely loved it. Mike, did you hate the 2016 version because it was women? No, I hated it because it was okay. funny. I just wanted to make sure that's on record because this is natural women, and yes. you know what that's going around, so I wanted to save you and get you ahead of the game. Okay. Fuck yeah, this movie rocks. This movie, I have so much fun with. As a person that didn't love the first Ghostbusters for a long time, I've come full circle on that movie. I've had a lot of fun with it older in life. Maybe I watched it when I was too young and didn't like get it. Or tell you the truth, when I rewatched it with my father-in-law and he thought it was the funniest thing in the world, I didn't want to laugh at all. <laughs> um, fair enough. But no, it's really fun. And then I was like, I have no expectations for this movie whatsoever. The, after watching 2016, this could be anything. And I was full on board. The 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 girl, outstanding in this movie. Outstanding. Loved it. Um, and I'm the first person. If you have a bad kid actor, I don't care how old that child is. I will tell that child they suck and they get off screen. So <laughs> do not care. Um What's the guy? Oh, I will, I'll say I'll save the Deadpool two rant for now. I'll just save that child. Leave him alone for tonight because I came at him pretty hard last week. Or sure, a, uh, he's has a life, man. There's also a geek yeah. match coming out. So there's also a geek match coming out that I went hard on that one too. Uh, very hard. Watch that when on Until the Road. But great choice, absolute great choice. I think this was like up there as my favorite, one of my favorite movies of 2021. Had a blast with it. Good choice. Everybody else on Afterlife. I really like Jason Reitman as a director. Um, he's made three movies that I really, really love. One's a top 20 movie for me. Uh, and so I enjoy the first Ghostbusters. I'd never seen Ghostbusters 2 or 2016. Um, so I just kind of went into this one with the knowledge of the first one. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it has really, really touching moments. The ending is really strong. Really, really strong. Um, I think that the way it ties back into the first movie is really smart in a way where it's like, we're going to expand this world a little bit. We're going to create uh, some new stories out of the remains of the old one. Um, we're going to kind of give you closure on what you had before. We'll give you something new. I think Mackenzie Foy is fantastic. I think she's really, really good. Um, I think podcast is a really funny character too. I think he's a really good side character. Uh, I think Paul Rudd is just effortlessly just the nicest normal dude in any movie ever. And he just fits that role so well in this. You just drop Paul Rudd in. You're just going to, like, smile whenever he's on screen. I love Paul Rudd. I don't know, I don't care how bad the movie is. Paul Rudd's in it. I'll like it a little bit. I like Paul Rudd. So I, I think he's He also doesn't um, age. So it's, he it's, doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Afterlife, good choice. I haven't seen it. Nope. Haven't seen it. No. You know, that the, this movie made, made way too much at the box office. To get you to <laughs> yeah, I have a rule. If you're over a hundred million, fuck off. Right, so where's our eight? Give it out for eighteen million. So let's go. Um, all right, Mike. What's your five? Okay, my number five is from 2020. Chose Host, the hour-long Shutter horror movie that exploded in the horror community in 2020. Made for 
off of a fucking dime during the pandemic and god damn did it fucking explode i i just love the hell out of this movie i in the first weekend that it hit shutter i watched it maybe four times throughout the weekend it's only an hour long so it's only four hours technically <laughs> man you got those little boxes like shooting up I, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah every like the horror moments hit really fucking well in this for the runtime i and it all takes place on a camera be it a laptop a phone what have you and they for the budget that they have the moments that they have to hit would be very difficult for a first time filmmaker this guy just fucking comes in there and fucking explodes with it like they have a shot where lady's going through her house she's looking for her husband and then later on in the movie she is going down a hallway and it just falls from the fucking ceiling just gone it, it is so well done the concept is so simple but effective hour long didn't need any more didn't need any less just perfect timing uh the special i watched it for you this week i did not watch this the only thing is <laughs> i saw hour long horror and i said Mike loved it. I'm gonna be nope, not for me. Yeah. I just had a feeling. Yeah. I may liked it, but I, I saw the runtime and I was trying to get home in time to be able to pop it on one time, but didn't happen. Didn't happen. Sorry, buddy. No, I can take it. <laughs> uh, anybody else see this hour long movie? I have. Uh, of I like course, you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked it quite a bit. I mean, this is one of the first ones that I saw. One of the first movies that I think like actually was made during the pandemic and came out like very very early on in it which i think was like really cool and yeah i'm honestly one of my biggest like guilty pleasures is like the found footage uh genre and i think like i i always like get a kick i get a kick out of like movies that like really use the gimmick to like its full effect and this movie does like some really creative stuff with zoom and like the different uh like pl plugins and like features on it which is really cool. Yeah. And it, I mean, yeah, it moves super fast. Just like, I think it's like 50 some minutes. Like, it's like yeah. very, it really gets to the point and then leaves pretty quick. So, yeah. Number five of the decade is a little insane, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a fun it's <laughs> Did you say that you like found footage? Is that a phrase that was <laughs> More often than not, they tend to work for me, those types of things. <laughs> hmm. I've been well, hearing I've like, been hearing good things about this, Mike. I need to check it out. Um, yeah, I and, recommend. And the Outwaters uh, recommendation for you, Dylan. Great found footage movie. That oh, one. you watched a lot of horror movies recently. Did you watch this one? No. <laughs> you watch ABC something? Was that right? <laughs> the death and ABCs of death two. And let me tell you, fuck John Mark. I was gonna say that is the only reason that those movies get watched in this fucking community. I'm I've raised that we should ban him from this community, but no one agrees. I second that. No, I second that. I second it. That's fine. I'm fine with that. At least he can't play. Like that's all I say. He doesn't get strength. I don't know. Because if you ask him a normal horror question, that's kind of a strength. So yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, watch Let There Be uh, We Like Horror, We Love Horror. I don't know the show. Why we love horror. Yeah, you, you were horror. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> I'm scared of the show. Personally, I don't know. That's not a show I travel to. Um, all right. Uh, what's your four? Uh, my four is from 2012. 
It's wanking. It's me. <laughs> it's <strong. laughs> I gotta do it, you know? Man, I, this really helps your case of the editing. It's edited extremely well, Cody. You know, no, it's fast paced. Fucking, it gets there. Fast paced. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis is fucking incredible as Lincoln. And I just love that. The whole concept of this is trying to get the 13th Amendment passed and how the Republicans are trying to get the Democrats to come on board. And I just love that he turns it into like a couple fun montages of them going to different places to get them and entertaining shit happens throughout. Walton Goggins is fucking incredible in this as well in the very small role that he has. I think uh, David Strathairn fucking kills it. Tommy Lee Jones is fucking incredible. His two speeches in this movie are bar none insane. I love it to death. Yeah, it's Spielberg, so of course, I was going to have a Spielberg on this list, and this movie deserves it. Uh, one of my favorite biopics of all time, or semi, I guess you could call it semi-biopic, but it's not really a biopic about Lincoln. It's more about the 13th Amendment, but it has a lot of Daniel Day-Lewis in it, and yeah, every, the stuff between him and Sally Field, absolutely incredible. I love those scenes together. Great shit. Um, as somebody that had to, in school and in college, had a deep dive, like, Lincoln's life for, like, I've, I've learned a lot about Lincoln in my lifetime. To watch a movie come out about Lincoln and be very accurate with Lincoln is, because there's a lot of stuff that's said about Lincoln that's not 100% accurate. Like, you know, Ed Harris, you know, having any involvement with his... You know, <laughs> the assassination <laughs> on it. Not very true. Um, but I remember people, I didn't watch it when it came out because I, ha I didn't, not that I didn't have interest in it, but I, like I studied Lincoln for a long time um, and wrote papers on him. And then when they were like, it's not about his death, like, what? And I was like, that's not like a major point. He gets shot in the theater. Like, that's a, like it's not like an action while we watch Booth come up behind him and shoot him. Like, it would have been a very dumb movie. Thing. I think his performance is absolutely incredible. I think, like, the way they're able to catch, capture the time and, like, drop you in that world. And I find it very fascinating that time of the world. Like, for our country, as as big as us, to like decide, let's fight each other for this. Like it's kind of crazy. Like other countries didn't take that opportunity to just sweep in and say, "My country now, you two are fighting each other." We didn't do it. like it was crazy because it could have clearly happened. But I think it's very historically accurate. I think Spielberg is like a person that handles like period pieces like that, like of like people, and he's great at that. So. I think you you hand Lincoln to a lot of other people. I think it's a miss. I think he hits it very out of the park on this one. It's very good. Everybody else on Lincoln. I know uh, uh, Dylan's a big fan of our 16th president of the United States. I don't know what you thought on Lincoln. Uh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Do you understand he's the president? <laughs> I know you're from Canada, but you should care. John, I, I know who Abraham Lincoln is. <laughs> familiar with his work. Honest, honest Abe. Okay. Um, Coho, you know uh, presidents. I, I love his presidents, yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think this is one of like the sneakiest 
insane casts of all time. Uh, this movie's got so many people who just show up in and out, like Adam Driver is just in and out. Uh, so many people who just show up for five seconds, deliver a killer performance, and fail. Uh, Tom Lee Jones is really great, and I think that nomination is really deserved, actually. Uh, Sally Field's good. Um, whenever I hear the the speech from Daniel Day-Lewis as Lincoln stands up, he's like, I want this pass. No! No, no, no! Whenever he does that, I can't help but hear the guy from Revenge of the Sith. That's the, oh, batteries, fire, fire! That guy every time. I can't. It's, it sounds the same. Uh, but Lincoln's great. It, it's one that I like more and more on rewatch. Um, I'm a big fan of, of that uh, sort of lobbying uh, drama. Uh, just trying to get the votes together for for the amendment. I think that makes for uh, interesting theater. Um, I think it works on in a lot of political dramas that I like. I think Lincoln's no exception. Uh, fantastic script from Kushner. Maybe Kushner's second best script that he's written for a movie. Uh, great stuff from him. Spielberg directs the hell out of it. Uh, probably should have won the Oscar this year for best director, if we're being honest. But uh, yeah, great movie. Haven't seen it. Sir, my Too favorite thing about the cast. The custom posters on Letterbox is Lincoln just in his head looking down this way or looking down this way. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, like, it's one of the best, like, custom posters. If you don't like it, look at this way. That's the correct way to do it. Um, all right, Dylan. The time is up. Tell us. Take it away. All right, so my number seven from 2017 is Blade Runner 2049. Good choice. Go ahead. Cool. Uh, yeah, this is uh, I, so I'm a huge fan of the the original. I honestly think I like this one a little bit better, though. I think it takes a lot of the themes from the original and really like expands on it and builds off it in a way where, it, while a lot of sequels can like rehash like the first film and just basically play the beats of the first film, I think this one actually makes its own story and does it really well. I love uh. Ryan Gosling in it where he he's like a very quiet character but I love how when he starts to learn more about what's going on then he starts to believe that maybe he has more agency in what's happening and then when he finds out the reality and it all just kind of crumbles down on him and he freaks out in that one scene because he thought you know maybe his maybe he was like uh, actually human or whatever but uh, it was a yeah, just a really cool, really cool movie. Great world building, great visual effects, and yeah, just Den- probably my favorite Denny Villeneuve film. Uh, yeah, I just really, dig- really dig this one. Uh, this is the type of blockbuster film that I like. So yeah, <laughs> um, I love this movie. Um, I think it is better than the original. Like, I, I don't say like the, it's miles, but it's, I, I do prefer this one over the original. Um, and that's not just because Kirk beat me in a debate over it. Um, I, I I do. I think the world that they're able to establish and, and make it bigger and uh, interesting characters and the visual effects and everything about this movie, like, and that's the thing about him as a director. He doesn't like a movie that you don't may not love from him. I think people like can understand or at least to respect it from a distance like it may not be for me but nothing he did was the problem like it wasn't like a train wreck of a movie so blade runner great choice for 2017 everybody else on blade runner 2049 i um i came around on this movie when i when it hit theaters i watched it back to back with the original in theaters and i absolutely love the first one so this one i didn't hate it i thought it was pretty good when i saw it in the theater and 
But then I didn't see it. I wait, I didn't see it again until last year. And watching it again, I went, you know what? I actually quite enjoy this. I, I think it's a good step for a sequel to take. I still prefer the original, for sure. But yeah, I enjoy this. Yeah, I really like this one. Uh, great choice. Um, massively prefer this to the original as well. I more respect the original. I enjoy the second one much, much more. Um, yeah, I especially like the opening with Batista. He, that just whole opening was really, really great. But the overall world building, I would definitely watch another if they ever did make another in this world or a TV series or whatever. But yeah, no, great. And Armas also very good in this movie. Yeah, I think this is like really well made on a technical level. Um, I think Armas is really good in it. Um, I don't feel super invested in the story or the people in it, but I think it looks pretty. That's what I'll say. I think that this movie is so well done on a technical level that it is really fun to look at this movie. And I could look at still frames from this movie at any point and think it's gorgeous. Um, but I'm not invested in that story. I think it's a really cool world. I just don't think this particular story works super well for me. So. Oh, you're boring. Um, Dylan, six. Yeah, my number six is maybe the most boring pick on my list, but I got to be honest, my favorite movie of 2014 is Whiplash. Cool. Uh, yeah, uh, what else is there to say about this movie? As it's been said ad nauseum in this community, I mean, I think it's fantastic. One of the first films that like I really fell in love with and that started like my uh, like love of film, like actually becoming obsessed with it, like not just... Like, I'd watch, obviously, Monsters, Inc. a bunch when I was a kid. But, like, this was one where I was, like, I wanted to know everything about filmmaking. And I wanted to learn watch all the movies from different directors. And it all comes back to this movie pretty much because of that. Uh, amazing performances from Miles, Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, especially. Uh, and that's saying something with Miles Teller because I normally am not a big fan of him as an actor. I just find him pretty unlikable. Uh but yeah, uh, just great, great tension in the scenes where like, like n not much is happening except they're just playing music and what they're able to do and like through the, the blocking and just the acting and like just great, great stuff. So yeah, love this movie. Amazing ending too. One of my favorite endings also. So, um, I this is a movie that I I think about often. But I don't like. I want to watch it more. I don't like. I, the thought of this movie, I enjoy a lot. But like, I don't. It's not like one of my all-time favorites. It's never crossed that for me. Like, I like the performances. I don't give a shit about band, to be honest with you. I think that's my biggest problem in this. Like, you know, if I was a band director and I was standing up there and a, like a dumbass kid was like offbeat, like it pissed me off too. So I couldn't understand J.K. Simmons at the time. Like. You're fucking with my shit. Like, that annoys me. Uh, I'm not saying how he handles it is the best, but he'd be angry. He needs he needs anger management classes overall. But I love the dynamic between the two, but it's always told, like, between drum sets. Like, like he's drumming or trying to dick him, and I don't care. Like, that conversation that they're in the, in the I don't know if it's a restaurant, or wherever they're sitting or they're talking about the worst thing in the world, you can tell somebody is good job. Like, that scene, I love. Like, you realize how big of a piece of shit this guy is. And like, but at the end of the day, Miles Teller is kind of a piece of shit too. Like if we're being real, they're both pieces of shit. 
So it's like it's hard to gravitate to you're like I guess I'm siding with the one asshole because the other one didn't smack the other one in the face. Like I'm okay with that. Like that's where I'm sitting. His performance is absolutely great. And again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you like J.K. Simmons in this role and you think he's really good, there's an HBO series called Oz. Thank uh, you. Is, just thank he, you. Fucking he freak. Is, I've, I've, been, I've been saying it since. Oh, my God. I've been saying out. it. Same. <laughs> Everybody who's seen Oz has been saying this. Showing her for life. Sorry. He has played this role. He plays it really – he plays it even more brutal than this. Um, and if you have a weak stomach, maybe don't watch Oz. But Oz is an absolute fantastic show on HBO. It does not get the love that it deserves. So go check it out um, if you want another great, absolutely great J.K. Simmons performance. Fillinger is insane. Uh, everybody else on with me. Yeah. Um, this is definitely J- – I-, I love this movie. I think this is definitely J.K. Simmons' second greatest villainous performance. Because as Cody brought up, 10-year-old Mike – Going in to watch Oz for the first time, fucking a man. Seriously. I was fucking in it to win it at that point. I'm like, I love this guy for life. This guy's fucking awesome. And yeah, Whiplash. You really need to interview your parents. <laughs> <laughs> that was family nights right there watching Oz. Excuse me. <laughs> but yeah, Whiplash, incredible. I love the back and forth between J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller, and yeah, they are both assholes. Yeah, it's this is the reason that you don't love this is the same reason I don't love it the same way as everybody else. We watched Oz growing up, so we already knew about Schillinger, aka JK Simmons. Uh yeah, go watch Oz, everybody. It is the best show HBO's ever produced. Not even close, like uh, not even a close second. Wire gets all the love that Oz deserves. Uh sorry, I'll say it, but uh yeah, no, this it, it's a good movie. I prefer a few other Damien Chazelle movies. I just feel like he kind of pushes the envelope in a couple more. This is just like a really solid movie, though. And like, I understand why everybody loves it. But yeah, I saw Schillinger and I'm just like, y'all are late. I've been seeing it since I was 10 years old. Like, it's like, seriously, if you've seen Oz, you're a certain way. If you haven't, you're another way. So and it holds up to this day. Like, there's still not shit on HBO, literally, like that's on Oz. Like, just go watch. So true. I send Cody clips all the time. The fucking show is insane. It taught me so much about life. Uh, My God, I will never commit a crime. I will never Uh, commit a crime. I will never, ever. I promise you. This shows how how tired people are talking about whiplash that we just were talking about. I'll keep this. I'll keep this short. I'll keep it short. This movie is great. It's a phenomenal start from uh, from Chazelle. So this is great. I retire talking about this because this is one of the most over talked about movies ever. Uh, but I love it. It's a great choice. But I have retired it personally. Coming to the video store, uh, Mike, Aaron, and myself oh, yeah. episode breakdown of Oz. Oz retrospective. Let's fucking do it. I'm ready for that. Shit. We'll do it each episode. Just call it, we'll just call it Yellow Brick Road, and people will be so confused. <laughs> R R R Yellow Brick Road. Yes, there you go. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I I have not watched it in probably that long. I've probably, I, I've probably seen was... every, I've probably seen every episode five times. No joke. At least like I have rewatched that show way too much. I call this is the, the last things. thing. Is the last thing I'll say about it. My grandma watched it. Uh, I say something about Mike at ten. 
But I remember 10 years old and that gym scene, and I'm like, oh, fuck is grandma watching? She's like, this is some good shit. Um, so, coming to the video store retrospective on Oz. I still um, call all those actors by their Oz names, by the way. Every single one of them. I'm still like, oh, Adebisi. Oh, Schillinger. Oh, Riley. Dylan, sold out what's your next one? Commercials. It's terrible. And hopefully it doesn't have a member from Oz in it. This yeah, I'm, like, oh my God. God. I'm watching Oz tonight. No doubt. No doubt. Oh, oh boy. Uh, so hopefully someone yikes is this so I don't have to talk about it yet. Uh, my number five is from 2015 is Mad Max Fury Road. Shit. Okay. Well, if you're on an island by yourself, buddy. Enjoy it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... Yeah, this this is the type of action movie I like. People people say like, oh, it doesn't have like any plot or whatever. And yeah, that's that's mostly true. I'm fine with that. Uh, you want to give me an action movie? Just give me fucking insane action. And this is all the fact that it's all like real life stunts that they did. I get that. Make me bringing that up might make some people roll their eyes, but like that is like just pure cinema to me. Just these people like. Doing these insane, insane stunts, jumping from car to car, like ramping motorcycles over the vehicles, like it's just amazing. Some of the best stunt work you'll see in like any action movie, and like that is really all I need to make for a movie to be like just one of my one of my favorites. Just like it's such an accomplishment. Like this movie, like is really what I can call it. It's it's just such an accomplishment and so much fun to watch. I watched the, this is one of the few movies that I actually like watched multiple times in theaters. I hate going to the theaters. I'm gonna be honest. That's one of my hot takes. I just don't like people all that much, so I kind of like just watching movies at home. Uh, but yeah, I, I just love this movie. I think it's so much fun, and yeah, good time, good time at the movies. <laughs> good time at the movies. <laughs> movies. Oh, um, I mean, I don't disagree with the people thing. Like, I hate people. Like, I'd be honest with you if, like, I could just – I miss being a manager of a theater and just being able to watch movies before everybody showed up. So I had theaters by myself. Great times. Miss it. Uh, I've talked at nauseum about this movie, how much I think this movie is overblown and bloated and just over the top. Like, people that love it. Again, I remember sitting in the theater and with my brother and, like – him watching it. And I, the only reason I stayed is because I thought he was liking it. And then we both got out. And he's like, you liked that? And I said, fuck no, I didn't like that. I hated that movie. And he goes, oh my god, I hated it too. I was like, why didn't you say anything? We could have left an hour ago. Um, it's that scene always when it goes dark and they're all like, the, the action has stopped. It's like a thrill ride. Like You're watching everything. Like It's visual diarrhea the screen just everything's happening and then we're all supposed to like slow down into like this nothing and i'm just like like passing out and they're like oh we're driving back fuck it we're going and you gotta wake back up uh, i think for a visual and like what they're able to achieve great movie fuck no like i think you're gonna miss short like that opening like when they're traveling great short overall movie bloated mess i don't like it at all and black and white doesn't help it either they came up with that version. I watched both of them. Still, I still hate both of them. Um, uh, everybody else on this movie, um, yeah. I absolutely love this movie. I was very close to putting this on my list, but something else beat it out very, very tiny by a tiny bit. But yeah, 
I love the action, and this action is nonstop. I watched this in the theater. I had such a great fucking time. I love all the Mad Max movies, so I was really pumped for this, and it it did not disappoint. As Dylan said, the stunts are absolutely fucking incredible. If anything, don't like if you want to skip the movie, at least go watch the behind the scenes of this movie because those stunts are fucking insane what they do. And so then Saeed lights a television on fire and throws it through the window. And Luke Perry comes in and he starts... Uh, no, save it for a retrospective. Save oh, I got plenty. I got plenty more to talk about with Luke Perry. Don't worry. Brian Callen's character in that show? What the fuck, man? Uh, he like starts like a reading program? Anyways, uh, yeah, this movie's all right. Um, like, I think it's funny because, like, in this community, like, it's like the like fun movie that everybody's like okay to say they like. I feel like it's like the oh, it's okay. Like all the criticisms they have for other movies, like this movie's absolved from it because they actually played bass guitars on a monster truck. So, like, there we go. <laughs> like, fair enough. Like, I, I don't know. It it wasn't for me. I guess it's I. Right. Aaron's a delight on this show. I'm not going to lie. I'm having a great time with Aaron. Uh, this, I, I think this movie's bad. Um, I think that the, the action's cool. I think it's... I don't know why you'd watch this in black and white. One of the only, like, draws of no. this movie is the giant, like, color-saturated chase. Black and white flames. Yes, cool. I can't wait to watch black and white guitar playing in flames that are now just grayscale. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think this. I think this movie... The fact that this was, like, a best film editing contender and i think maybe winner is nuts because i think there's some editing in this that is really bad i think the crossfading we're just seeing people's faces floating in frame is stupid there's so many things about this movie that makes me just think george miller should have hung it up 20 years ago um but yeah uh this fucking movie is not great and the fact that it's a best picture nominee irritates the fuck out of me we could have nominated the force awakens for blockbusters that are more interesting but sure <laughs> Okay. Dylan, what's your five? Uh, four. So, four. My, yeah, my number four from 2018 is Blind Spotting. Good choice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love this movie, obviously. Uh, David Diggs, I think, is like amazing in it. Uh, he has such a unique and like interesting like presence just as an actor in this movie. Like, uh, I remember I heard about this movie before it came out because I was just a big fan of David Diggs, even before, uh, even before uh, uh, Hamilton, I must say, because I've actually followed his uh, music group uh, clipping They're in independent uh, hip hop experimental group. They make good music. Check them out. Uh, so when I found out, when I heard about this movie, I was like really excited to see it and it just blew me away. I think it tackles like a very tricky subject matter in just such a really interesting way. I love how the movie's basically structured like a buddy comedy throughout most of it, but the characters' surroundings basically they can't live in like the co just like the comedy lifestyle that they want to live. Like they think they think that they're in like they want to be in like a buddy comedy film, but the reality of their situation keeps looming large. And like it's the way that the main character is dealing with like this super traumatic incident that he witnessed at the beginning of the film and how that looms over the rest of the film is really powerfully done and yet it all, it all builds to this just amazing obviously monologue rap sequence which is just one of my favorite scenes i think in movie history like it's just fantastic and yeah just an amazing movie cool.
Yeah, blind spotting. I think when I started like Letterbox, like my year challenge for the very first year, this was the very first movie I kicked it off with. Um, great movie overall. Great movie. I knew nothing about it going into it, and I think like there are some movies that like I think this could fall into like this community. Like, gives it really high praise, but I think it deserves the praise that it gets. I think it's like because uh, I didn't know. Uh, I <laughs> the more he talked in the movie, I didn't know it prior because I didn't. I don't like to look up a lot before I watch a film. Like, I'll just somebody recommends it or a thing. I don't deep dive, look at reviews, stuff like that. I was like, he sounds a lot like Thomas Jefferson from Hamilton. I'll be honest with you, and he was, which was really cool. And then that rap, like I think in that garage, like when they're when he meets the officer, is one of like the one of the greatest moments uh, like of the recent years so definitely a great choice for 2018 i think there's um i like i need to revisit this one more than i have because I, I i know a ton, i remember a ton about it but i think a fresh watch would even make it go higher on my list so definitely a good choice everybody else on blind spotting i think dylan uh said said it best of everything I was going to bring up about it, but I'll just add that Ethan Embry is such an underrated actor, and he's great in this, especially. Yeah, no, this movie's great. Um, I Honestly, it was almost on my list if I'm not such an MCU stan, but, you know, I can't help it. MCU for life. Um, but, yeah, the television series on Stars, which, yeah, Stars still exists. Watch it. Really good series. Um yeah, it's very, very in the vein of the show uh, or of the movie as well. Um, both lead performances are great. The ending scene, I agree, one of the best ending scenes of the 21st century. Yeah, I haven't I got a chance to watch the sequel show, and I really want to, because uh, yeah. Jasmine Cephas Jones is also really good in this movie, and she's yes. barely in it. Uh, but another Hamilton alum. Um, but yeah, obviously, I, I, I love it. I think it's great. I think Jimmy Diggs should have been nominated for an Oscar. Same with Rafael Casal. I think they should both should have been nominated. They're both phenomenal. Um, great script. Uh, great performances from the two of them. Uh, I'm glad Carlos Lopez Estrada get, got to make more movies and is still getting to make more movies. Um, and now Oscar nominee Carlos Lopez Estrada. Good for him. Uh, but uh, great movie. Go to Zodo. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're just kind of here. So, in episode three, Saeed, he's like, he's clearly, uh, at a beastie. He's in the Brotherhood. Oh, but he's not it. in it for the right reasons. You're seven. A different cellmate. My seven uh, would be uh, Hail Caesar, 2016. Oh, nice. um, uh, I retired uh, a couple picks from this year. Uh, being La Land and Sing Street, I've talked about the Bad Nauseam. So I want to talk about another one that I really, really love. This is my top 100. Uh, I love the Coen Brothers. I think their take on classic Hollywood is really, really fun. They're, they get to run around and play in this giant open sandbox of a bunch of different characters with a bunch of different actors who get to walk in and out of this movie and do great things. Um, I think Alden Ehrenreich as Hobie Doyle is phenomenal. Should have been nominated for an Oscar for this year. He's so good. I think George Clooney's really good as Bear Whitlock, too. You have two really great uh, actor uh, playing actor performances. Brolin doesn't get enough credit for playing Eddie Mannix, who's a real-life person. He's the only real-life person in this, uh, and he does such a great job at being that fixer. Um, everyone talks about whether it were so simple, which is like a very funny scene. But I think my favorite scene is probably No Dames. Uh, either No Dames or the four uh, religious heads in one room talking about the depiction of God, which Rob, I want to shout out uh, Robert Picardo, who is the Jewish rabbi in that scene, who is so fucking good. 
he is so funny in that one scene. Just a uh, dog and a collie, maybe. Well, God is a bachelor. Very angry. Uh, it's just he's so good. Um, I think I love every. It's a lot of vignettes in this sort of slice of life, day in the life of a Hollywood studio uh, head on a day where he's thinking about quitting and the reasons why he should stay in this super eventful day with a bunch of very eventful people. Uh, it's right up the Coen Brothers alley. I think it's really, really fun. Uh, great comedy. I find more and more to love about it every single watch. Uh, the first time I watched it, I wasn't like, I, I watched it and I liked what I saw and I wasn't sure what I saw. I went back the next day and watched it again. And every time I watch it, I think there's a different character to follow and a different plot line to follow and you get something totally new out of it. Uh, so I love it. One of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. I hate this movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I hated it when I watched it. I didn't enjoy it at all. Again, this is classic Cohen for me. It's hit or miss. Um, I like. I, I would say it's more hit than miss, but this is definitely a miss for me. Um, I remember sitting through it. I remember the trailer like hooking me, and then the film lost me like along the way. Like I thought, ooh, really good premise. I just didn't carry it throughout that I could I enjoyed so um yeah no uh everybody else on Hail Caesar yeah this is a great fucking movie through and through I absolutely love this movie I'm sorry Cody but yeah Coen Brothers are right up my alley and this just hits every time I watched this in the theater with a buddy and we just had the greatest fucking time we were the only ones in the theater too so we were just fucking dying watching this I, I love every little bit of this movie all the performances are fantastic and i love the little cameos throughout great shit yeah i, I haven't seen this movie since theaters i think i need to rewatch it i remember thinking it was just okay but i feel like i'd probably enjoy it enjoy it more now yeah pretty much the same i watched it expecting to kind of hate it because when this came out people really got pissed off at this movie and i didn't really understand after i saw it i had a great time with it um, like it was like not, it was like a very Coen Brothers look at classic Hollywood, which I appreciate as a as a fellow tribe member. Uh, need to revisit it at some point because I'm sure that this is like one that you pick up a lot and rewatches because it is it is overwhelming the first time you watch. It. I've only seen it one time, so I mean, but that's okay. I mean, it's supposed to be good movie. What's your next? Uh, so my number six. We're going to go back to the MCU, uh, for uh, this, but we're going to go to the year 2014. Uh, we're going to talk about Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier is one of my absolute favorites in the series. I love revisiting this one, even in its own little bubble. Um, I think the MCU is in a phase where everything feels really big, and I really miss when everything was a little bit smaller, um, and the Winter Soldier is probably the definition of small becoming big. Small with huge implications. Um, and I think that's what the Winter Soldier does really well, is that Steve Rogers is still such a great character in the MCU. And to take him post-First Avenger and to take that man out of time and explore what does the man out of time do today um, and how he's still looking for his place, trying to help uh, the government that he loved 70, 80 years ago and find that it's not the same anymore um, is really great. I love that they take that Three Days of the Condor 70s uh, approach to it um i think the russos do a great job uh playing in that uh in that genre and in that tone i think scarlett johansson is maybe at her best as black widow in this where you really don't where you can't trust her where you don't know if you can trust black widow despite having seen her in the avengers and in uh and in iron man 2 
I like that you really have to like question her as a spy in this one. I think uh, Sebastian Stan is good in the first one. I think he's really good in this one. Um, I think he gets to be so menacing and intimidating in this. And Robert Redford's fantastic. Um, getting to kind of do one last major performance before doing a couple more and retiring. But I think this is like the last big, like if everyone's going to see Robert Redford in a movie and he just crushes, he just eats that shit up. Cause he knows this is probably his last blockbuster. Um, he's very fun. Um, and Samuel, you know, it's so good. Uh, Anthony Mackie, also his introduction where they're running around the, the pool uh, is so good. Where it's just on your left, on your left. Uh, I think that that scene is, is really fun. Uh, and how those two's uh, their dynamic is is, is uh, set up right then and there, and their friendship is so strong um, from there. So I love Anthony Mackie in this one; he's fun. Uh, but yeah, um, not to be sidetracked. Do you know where this movie takes place? Washington D.C. That's not a pool. People don't go swim in there. That's the. It's called the reflecting pool. It is called okay. the reflecting pool. It is called the reflect. As a D.C. resident, can confirm. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Okay, fair. I'm just sitting there. I'm just like that was. And people do swim in it a little bit too often. It's pretty fucking gross. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. Man, but that's fair. Um, third favorite MCU movie. I think this is one of the movies that stands fully by itself. I can watch this without the total connection of the MCU and be fine with it. Um, it's three days of the Condor. Uh, it's so awesome. Like I love that movie and like how they're able to, like, get inspiration from that and tie it into this movie. Like, a lot of fun. Um, uh, but, yeah, definitely, definitely a great movie. I've talked about this a, a lot, so it's awesome. Everybody else? Uh, yeah, um, I love when the MCU decides to just not do the formula and go, we're going to put it in a different genre. We're going to go with it. And this turning this into a political thriller, I think, was the right fucking move. I enjoy it immensely. This is one of my favorite MCU movies for a reason. Great fucking shit. Uh, it's, yeah, it's all right. Uh, I'm not crazy about it. I'm going to be honest. The character Captain America just really doesn't interest me all that much. I don't find him like a terribly all engage, like all that interesting of a protagonist. Uh, but again, it's also been a while since I've seen this movie, so maybe I might appreciate it more on rewatch. But yeah, it's... Not not one of my favorite MCU movies, I'll say that. Yeah, everybody saying it's Three Days in the Condor has kept me away from ever watching it. I'll watch Three Days in the Condor. Like, like sorry. Like, that really keep like one of the best movies of the 70s doesn't make me want to go watch this Disney fucking product. That, like, just like I'm good. Sorry. Like that keeps me away from it. Three days in the condor is great though. You should still check it out. It's great. And if I'm trying to Captain, be Zach. I'm uh, trying to be Zach Ford. I'm trying to be. Zach if he was Captain <laughs> Canada, would you like it more, Billy? Yes. Captain Canada. I think Captain Canada is called Guardian, actually. But yeah. <laughs> next one, Coho. Uh, my next one is my 2017 pick. It's Get Out. Um. Get Out has recently moved into my favorite uh, movie of 2017. It's it's gotten into that spot on a couple of last recent watches, and I think that's because uh, the more I watch it, the more I appreciate it. Uh, I think Jordan Peele wrote something really, really, really special, um, and he's never matched it. Every movie he's made after has been good, but it's never reached this movie again. Um, I think that Daniel Kaluuya is doing 
really good work in the lead role as Chris. Um, and I think that that nomination is is really ahead of its time in thinking uh, that we nominated a horror protagonist in a role that is sort of anti-typical of what he would be in a normal horror movie. Um, I think Alison Williams is really good as his girlfriend in this. Like, she's really good. I think the whole cast is great. Uh, and once again, I have a movie that features uh, my dad, Bradley Whitford, um, who is uh, an incredible actor and gives maybe the best performance uh, of his career in this up there. Uh, his best, I guess, in film, because his best performance in uh, his career is on television. I'm sure it was me. Um, but he's, uh, he's amazing in this. Um, I think Lil Rel Howery is so good in his couple of moments. T.S. Motherfucking A. Uh, is, is so good. Um, yeah, I mean, it won its Oscar and that's a huge thing for it. I'm glad that one won. Um, great movie that I think we'll keep talking, like, is going to be one of the ones we talk about most from this decade. So, um, yeah. Uh, I've, I said this, I think, last week, it might have been, um, that people, like, Jordan Peele can, like, I guess, go outside and, like, piss on them, and they would call it, like, the greatest, like, one of the greatest films of all time, like, move over, Hitchcock, you are, you are <laughs> nothing compared to Jordan Peele, um, the fact that everybody, like, says, nope, not, like, I don't even think it's close or a contest compared to Get Out. I think Get Out is, like, miles better than both of those, uh, in my personal opinion. Uh, and that's no shot at anybody else for liking, like, the other two. I just think Get Out was a movie that insanely hyped when it came out, but deserving of all the hype, in my opinion. I think it's outstanding. I don't go towards a horror movie like this, but the way they're able to blend both of the stuff... Like, there's some comedy elements. Um, the horror elements work really well in this. The psychologic, like, Into the Sunken Place is, like, one of my favorite, like, trippy scenes ever. Like, if I hear somebody tap a cup, uh, like, a katina, uh, <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing in that room? Like, trying to get the other person removed. Um, uh, I just think, I, the only thing is, like, it's hard to believe, like, the relationship dynamic in this because, like, if they've never eaten cereal together before, like, you should have seen that that bitch was crazy from a long time. Like, who doesn't buy Fruit Loops together and, like, sees her just dipping and don't think, like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Like, taking a small bite and, like, dig, oh, kill that woman. That was a crazy bitch from the start, and you like, need run, but he stuck with it, so whatever. And then she's has the odd like, like she's the one like justifies like all the pictures and the thing. Like, why? What's wrong, bitch? You crazy? Like, it's crazy. So, um, overall, great movie, great movie. Um, like, it still holds up, like, and deserves all the hype from it. So, um, everybody else, on get out. Yeah, I absolutely love this movie. And one of my favorite jokes is when uh, Little Ray and Daniel Kaluuya are talking on the phone, and Little Ray is describing her that she could be like Jeffrey Dahmer, but then he goes, "But that's Jeffrey Dahmer's business, not mine." <laughs> just fucking continues the conversation. <laughs> fucking killed me. <laughs> <laughs> fucking destroyed me. Yeah, I love the hell out of this movie. Great shit. Yeah, great pick. This this movie is amazing. Uh, you- I think this is still probably Jordan Peele's best movie. Uh, yeah, I think Coho said it. This this script is just like amazing. Like, I think it's easily his best script that he's written. So many like different moving parts in it, uh, and like so many like clever setups and payoffs. And like, 
even like visual metaphors uh, that are really, really cool that make the movie just super fun to come back and rewatch. Great stuff. Uh, I think if there's anything close to a gripe, I would say, I think with his later movies, he like improved on a, as he became a more experienced director, I think he improved on like a visual level. Like this movie is maybe a bit drab looking in parts, but overall I think like that's like a very minor nitpick because I think the movie itself is like just so well crafted just on a writing standpoint and yeah great film yeah i um i like this movie a lot i want more of like the sunken place aspects of it though where he really kind of pushed the envelope which i appreciate and nope i appreciate in uh, us which like they're like messier those movies this is much more clean movie here and probably will hold the test of time but like i don't know it didn't like i didn't have a lot of like revelatory like points to like kind of the impact of the messages and themes i've kind of thought about these things a lot and i'm i don't know like to me i just want a little more edge on that but the sunken place to me is like vertigo level of like awesome like imagery of a another world and that's just like gonna hold up forever to me so great great pick okay coho you're fourth uh, my number four is my pick for 2019, and it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yikes. Aaron, you're seven. All seven, right. Seven. My number seven, uh, we're in the international uh, foreign language section of the program here. 2018's Burning Lee Chong Dong's movie here. Uh, Steven Yun plays like the biggest asshole of all time. His name is Ben. We all have a Ben in our life we haven't gotten along with, even if his name's not Ben. This is basically a lover's triangle, slow burn, and slow burn, capital S, capital B, and I'm totally fine with that. Um, basically, this girl um, who uh, this kind of loser kid had known from his past pops back up into his life and asks him, asks him to do a favor of watching her cat. We never see this cat. We don't know if this cat exists. Uh, we don't know why she would ask him to take care of this invisible cat if it is invisible. There's lots of metaphors in this movie. The whole movie overall is a metaphor by the end of it. But, uh, yeah, it ends up in kind of a third act that is extremely uh, dark and scary. And, uh, yeah, psychopath personified in Steven Yeun. Um, and uh, just a director who doesn't do a lot of movies, but another movie of his that I really liked that wouldn't qualify from 2010 is Poetry, also another really good South Korean movie. Just South Korean as a whole, if you've watched a handful of their uh, darker movies, you kind of know there's not a limit, and this is another one where there truly is not a limit, but it's not done for shock. I think it's very well earned, and I'm sure Cody didn't watch this movie. It's like two and a half hours long, and yeah, no. Um, I watched this June 23rd, 2021. Thank Ooh, you look at much. you. A24 uh, My first A24 oh. on the list. There you go. Uh, nice. I'm proud of you. It only took four <laughs> entries to get you there. Uh, three entries. I um, I'm pretty sure you're just paid off by them at this point. Uh, but no, I really enjoyed Burning um, uh, with the mystery elements and everything tied into it. Like I have, um, I, when you brought it up, I was like, dating back that long it's been a while since i watched it and i had a bulk watch during that time but no i think it was a super solid film like um i it definitely does a re revisit um mm -hmm. i'm getting more into international films as uh the years are going on so i'm proud of myself on that 
uh, pat on the back. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's not such much of like an eye roll or like a, uh, maybe in a couple years when I mature. Uh, no, but I think it's very solid. And I think it's, I think it's a, uh, uh, it's definitely a movie I didn't expect. Like when I'm watching it, like didn't expect mm-hmm. the elements to come about. So definitely strong. Anybody else see Bernie? I haven't seen it yet. I have. Uh, I love this movie. This is a great pick. Uh, fantastic. It's been a while since I've seen this one, but uh, mainly just because of like a, how slow it is. Like it's not one that I'm. Even though I love the movie, it's not one I'm always like itching to rewatch so often. But uh, just really great mystery. Really interesting seeing how it all unfolds. And yeah, Stephen Yun is amazing in it. So great film. Uh, I have not seen it. I figure. Um, all right, six. Uh, Number six, uh, 2021, staying foreign here. Uh, we're going with Worst Person in the World. Uh, this movie just hits you square in the fucking face. Um, I'll be honest. Life comes at all of us very quickly in our, like, kind of at different points in our life, but, like, mid to late 20s, early 30s. A lot of things are happening. Uh, a lot of, you know, parents are starting to die, your friends and things like that. Just, like, Blood changes. People are getting married. You're losing, you know, losing dreams and things like that. And this movie just handles all of that. The structure of it, I found extremely effective. Obviously, the standstill scene is, you know, that's one of those scenes that is just all timer and, you know, earns, you know, just earns every bit of that moment by the time it builds up to it. Um, yeah, there's just a uh, there's just a lot of relatable moments, unrelatable moments that you can still understand, which I think a great movie is able to do. Um, yeah, and uh, I've seen this movie twice now. I don't plan on rewatching it again for a very long time. The rewatch was extremely hard after I had had some kind of news similar to what's dealt with in the movie. And uh, yeah, great movie, though. Um, yeah, this one, I didn't love it didn't hook me as much as i wanted it to there are movies that come out like when everybody's rating them very high and then you rate them like lower and you're like what didn't i see that everybody else (laughs) is there a different version out there did i get like the wrong cut i don't know it just didn't hook me i think there's a lot of relatable stuff but it just didn't like i agree like growing like 20s to 30s is like a interesting time in life and it may have been because I'm like I'm past my twenties at that point, so I'm like I'm on the outwards of that. And not saying I don't like I can't relate to it, but like I don't like to look back at those times sometimes because they're very rough. It's times. kind of a little bit been there with some of this for sure. I agree. Yeah, but I can see somebody like in their twenties or like experienced life, like holy shit, like I I feel seen from this movie, and I can get that too. That's yeah. better. Uh, so. Uh, everybody else on the worst person in the world, I know Koho loved. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Aaron, I think, said it best, so I'll keep it short. It's a good fucking movie. I really enjoyed it, and I definitely want to rewatch it for sure. Yeah, yeah great film. Uh, I'm a sucker for these types of films of but 20-somethings struggling to find like a direction to take. Uh, it kind of hits, hits a little different for me, I guess. I don't know, because I'm currently in that stage in my life. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, really, really uh, just relatable film. And yeah, great, great writing. Like the main character's story is really well realized and all the performances are great. Like Renata Reinsfeld, I think her name is. 
She's amazing. Like in the lead, the lead performance probably would have been my winner for that year. You, I can't believe I just brought up the Oscars. It's out of character for me. Uh, <laughs> I don't even think she was. It's, it's in the air. Yeah, I don't even think. I don't even think she was nominated, which is wild. Because yeah, I think she should have won. But yeah, amazing film. What's your favorite MCU movie though? <laughs> I don't so even... on the fourth episode of Oz, uh, no, I, <laughs> I, uh, I I adore this movie. Uh, two watches in, and I know another one. It'll probably reach top one hundred stats for me. Um, I it it just works for me. It hits me on every level. I think Ryan's was brilliant. Um, as much as I love Belfast, I think this is the movie that should have won best original screenplay last year. I think it's written super well. Uh, Joaquin Trier does a great job with this movie. Um, Phenomenal stuff. I think this is better. This this should have won a national feature. Also, this is better than Drive My Car. Uh, so it should. Have, I think it's. I think it's a great film uh, that I really enjoy revisiting. Um, I, it it just hits for me. It's one of those. It's one of those movies where we're in that time where it's like now people like around my age are making movies and are being the subjects of movies. So it's like you get to start seeing yourself on screen and it's a different feeling. Like this and Cha Cha Rose with back to back is like. It hit. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Aaron, you've seen this movie. Is it a problem? I watched the first forty-five minutes on two sides of speed because I thought it didn't matter. Was that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's always it's always fair. Watch Burning on three times speed. I <laughs> feel like a normal movie. Then you're back. There's clearly no cat. <laughs> I almost made a comment to Coho that I saw the I clicked on a TikTok or something and it said you can move the speed up to two times and go. They're adapting to you everywhere. Oh, but I left you Oh, what's your five, Aaron? All right, number five. Let's get some more A24 in here. 2015, Ex Machina, Ex Machina. Uh, Alex Garland, uh, pretty perfect movie. There's like two, three performances really in the entire movie and all three should have been nominated. Um, they're all great. Um Oscar Isaac, especially to me, just plays like this, like completely perfect, like alpha bro, weird tech science, like green shake, drinking drunk, MMA punching <laughs> mogul guy. And it's just like, imagine being trapped in that guy's like smart house and like how scary <laughs> that would fucking be. Like, really? Like, just like. And you're like in the middle of the woods. You got dropped off by like this helicopter guy. He won't answer any fucking questions. He's just like you think you're the fucking luckiest dude in the world. Like they're trying to fuck you, and then they're trying to kill you, and then the robot leaves you at the fucking end. And you're like, dude, I didn't do anything wrong. Terrifying fucking movie. Thank God I'm never smart enough to work in a place like. This movie rules, and it's Alex Garland at best. <laughs> Fantastic. Cool. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to do something. I'm gonna think we're gonna create Wildest's first ever like YouTube short. Yes. Um, I'm gonna write it on the top. <laughs> I just want his ex machina explanation. On the ex machina in 15 seconds. <laughs> it's like one of the That's fantastic. Ones. I mean, great. it is. Yeah, it's just it's it's a great yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, and you know, I know Alex Garland's gone beyond himself and some of his other movies, like Men, uh, and things like that. This is him at his most reserved best. And uh, yeah, psychologically, again, if you're not scared of that situation, then congratulations to you because that's fucking terrifying to me. And the end of the movie is aces, absolutely aces, no notes. 
Eight twenty four rules. You're stuck in everyday. <laughs> 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 one of the best quotes I've ever heard. The more I look back on the year twenty fourteen, I or this is twenty fifteen, right? Yep. You said yeah, twenty fifteen. Fuck, I said twenty four. Twenty fourteen is better. Sorry, uh, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, we'll talk about you 2014 threw me. Later. You threw me off. Of the <laughs> Wait, it is twenty fourteen. Uh, no, it is twenty fourteen. My bad. It's I thought it was wide release 2015. It's 2014 yeah, because my because my number one is 2015. So yeah, my bad. 2014. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm bad at I trivia. Just if I ever got a match, you would know that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Not in charge of scheduling. Oh, don't uh, worry. I'll is... talk to everybody about that shit. Jesus, 2020 <laughs> was the last time I had a match. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yellow bummer. Um, <laughs> no, within my I, I just. Range. I just look at, I just look back at 2014 as just like a year that I just love film. It doesn't I'm not saying it's like the best of the best, but I just love the year 2014 when I look at all the films and like the stuff that I just fell in love with. Ex Machina is another one of those movies that like is crazy. Like gets a lot of hype from a lot of people, but like if I think the general public gave Ex Machina a chance, it'd be one of those movies that just climbs like charts because it's so it's not too far out there and too like artsy for people to be like, no, thank you. It's a real freaky situation that actually can be tapped into because of where the world is like going and um, and the way you described it. I think more people would watch it. Um, so that's a that's a great great choice for 2014. Um, everybody else on X Machina, I have would you to like add. to be an Oscar Isaac's? MMA smart <laughs> You had nothing to add after that. So it was great fucking shit. It was oh, a great yeah, fucking movie. It. That was perfect. Yeah, great movie. I got to rewatch it. But yeah, phenomenal, thought provoking stuff. Yeah. I think that's the most apt description this movie's ever had. I wish I wish I'd never been able to put together. This this movie's great. Um, I think that Oscar Isaac and Alicia Vikander are both phenomenal and should have been nominated for this. And I know Vikander won her Oscar that year for a different, for the other movie, The Danish Girl, but. Uh, Greatness. Um, a lot of great things about this one. Um, all right, Aaron, and what's your four? All right, number four. Uh, we got to go back to foreign. I have the poster up in the corner of my living room. It is Portrait of a Lady on Fire 2019. Celine Sciamma. Uh, I mean, if you don't believe in love, I guess uh, this won't do it for you. But for the lovers out there, uh, whether it's for a short amount of time on an island with a couple other ladies, including a pregnant like bed nurse uh, running up and down on a beach. Uh, the sound design, the visuals of when they first meet, the um, running towards the cliff, uh, the whole Greek uh, myth that I'm not going to like butcher the names of, but uh, just the analogy to that and everything. Just this whole movie completely worked for me. Um, it really sent me down a long trial of French films as well from all different time periods uh, ended up really uh, getting me into particularly French new wave and just overall French uh, film, which I hadn't really known before this. Slinsky was great as well. Petite Maman also wonderful movie. Um, and just uh, the end of this movie, uh, we've talked about the endings of a lot of our movies because great movies have great endings. Uh, this one, I mean the music and just the entire sympathy scene just watching her face just completely change and relive the romantic traumatic memories of the past just like yeah uh i mean i 
all too related to this. Thank God I'm getting engaged now and I can watch a movie like this and not feel as visceral as I once did. But yeah, it's, I mean, this movie lives up to all the hype. Uh, it's a beautiful movie. Um, yeah, it's just one of my favorites of all time. I will save everybody on this. This movie is not for me. There's too many, there's more eyebrow raising and smirks and blank stares than actual content in this movie that I actually like. And this is an abomination on Letterboxd. This is the only movie that has star ratings that are flames. And every time I see that, I want to drop it down a couple more flames. Oh, they should do that for more movies. Hate it. Everybody else. Haven't seen it. I quite like this movie. Yeah. Uh, this is one I like blind bought on the. Uh on uh, Criterion because I heard it was great and I uh, I loved it. I thought uh, I I get where people can be coming where people are coming from I guess with like the take of oh nothing really happens they just stare at each other but I I also like at the same time disagree like I think that's a lot of the point where they're not allowed to and uh, I think they actually do more than that where I think that shows like just how great the performances are where they're able to make that like work and like show as like they're trying to keep their feelings towards each other like hidden and it starts to come out more and more and then their relationship becomes what it was or what but their relationship like gets they try to push it to as far as they can basically given their situation but uh it's really also the ending is just like super tragic and yeah it's a really really great movie and yeah i I need to watch it again i know i've been saying that a lot but yeah. Nah. Cool. This is all Spence's fault, by the way. They they came in going better than Parasite. Yeah, I mean it's different than Parasite. Uh, I just didn't yeah. enjoy it. I, I, I it it looks it looks kind of pretty sometimes. I guess it's shot pretty okay, but like. Uh, my thing is, if you want to look at a nice painting and think it's beautiful on screen, just look at a painting. Don't have to watch two hours of a movie. Um, uh, Mike, take it away. For uh, number three, we're going uh, 2015, Hateful Eight. Nice. I absolutely love this movie. It basically takes place in one location. All the performances are fantastic. Fucking Kurt Russell rules in it, as usual. Uh, and I do, like... Jennifer Jason Lee is incredible in this, and she like even the, the moments that are fucking rough to watch, are st- like when she spits on the letter, and Samuel so, so Jackson just fucking wallops her out of the fucking carriage and takes Kurt Russell with her. Like Kurt Russell's reaction to that is fucking fantastic. But I think Walton Goggins steals the fucking movie from everybody. He is incredible in this movie for sure. Bruce Dern is fantastic in the role that he has. I just, I love the claustrophobic nature of it. And I got to see the infamous live reading of this movie from the original script. After it got leaked, he decided to do a live reading of it with some of the actors and some others that that he picked for the roles. It was incredible to see it live and it was incredible to watch in the theater. I love the Roadshow edition and I also love the Netflix version as well. Great shit. Um, of a movie that was brought up earlier, and this movie, 
uh, falls on the same line. Like, I'm not saying he's losing me as a person. I'm not like over that, but like his films are becoming to a degree of like the next, like that's the one you drive for the theater for you sit amongst all the people you want to watch that kind of film. This is the, that one for me. You're telling me that Tarantino's doing a stuck in the cold, like nine people and the cast and they're just dialogue heavy take my money and when it doesn't like live to it to a degree it just hurt more than it i don't hate it i don't think it's a bad movie i just don't think it's on the level of tarantino of years past um like django like pulp fiction like inglorious but like those movies are like like movies that i like hope I ever see another one of them in my lifetime again, like at this point. So when I see this, I was just like, I just left more to be desired. Like, and I get it. Maybe like if I, I believe he's a little up his own ass a little bit at this point. Like, and I don't think that's wrong to say, but like, he knows like he's good, like, and he should, but like at the end of the day, I don't need like the long shots of like the snow and like, the travel through, like, I get where we're going, buddy. Just give me Kurt Russell and Sam L. Jackson inside the same cabin. Let's let some conversations start. Like, that's what I want. But, again, nowhere uh, – he doesn't have a bad movie besides the partner project that I don't love as much as everybody else. But, like, the – he doesn't have, like, a standalone movie that I consider bad. I just consider not up to Tarantino's ability and to, like, draw me in. And I think that's where Hayfrey and the other movies falls in at this point. Um, uh, yeah, but I, 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 again, you can put Kurt Russell like in a bunny costume, standing on a basketball court and talking for an hour and a half, and Mike's gonna give it five stars. It doesn't matter what the context of the bunny is saying. It's five stars. So like, he's a total slut, and it doesn't make any sense of like what. But Kurt Russell does anything. Hey, not you all of the movies are five stars. Not all of them. I bet if I looked at the quality. Go watch the M-Rank. Go watch the M-Rank on Kurt Russell. We went over all of them. We've made this discussion. I don't watch stuff you don't watch much. Uh, everybody else on the hateful eight. Uh, I like it quite a bit. Uh, it's not one of my favorite Tarantino films. I think this is definitely one of his most uh self-indulgent ones it probably could have been uh trimmed down a bit but uh yeah i think the the cast is like fantastic and yeah i think i really like the first the first act of like all the setup is like really well done i just think the the second act like kind of drags for me but yeah yeah victim of his own success this is a good movie. It's just like his worst feature film. So, you know, it's tough compared to the rest of them. That's all. It's still a good movie, though. But yeah. Oh, and Channing Tatum really sucks in this movie. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. I, I really love this movie. Um, I think this is a phenomenal script. Um, I think he does such a great job with this one. Um, I really like all the dialogue. I understand if the second act drags a little bit. Uh, free. I think I think this is a movie that holds my attention the entire time, um, because I'm so invested in every single person uh, and the mystery of it. And even when you know the mystery, you're trying to watch it in a different way and see the 
you know, the payoffs, the reveals, the different ways that this person could be involved in it. Um, I think Jennifer Jason Lee's phenomenal. I think Kurt Russell's really good. Samuel Jackson should have been nominated. He's so good. Um, and I wish we had more Samuel Jackson is like the lead of movies because he's such a good actor. And he's but he he takes every role in the world, so he often gets supported. But he's such a great presence. I think he's so good as like the focal point of the story. I would have really loved to see him lead some more um Tarantino movies, but he's he's fantastic. Um great score. Yeah. Those are movie rules. You muted. I will say it's still one of my favorite theater experiences when you hear Samuel L. Jackson say my big black Johnson and saw an um an old woman stand up and like no and just walks out. By far one of my favorite theater experiences of all that time. Sounds so, um Dylan, what's your three? Oh God. Uh hopefully hopefully Coho yikes is this one. Uh, my number three is Titan. <laughs> For 2021. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I almost picked this. God. Uh, yeah. When I said uh, I was coming in last this episode, uh, I wasn't kidding. Uh, yeah, uh, I love this movie. Wasn't. This was one where I saw in theaters and it really just kind of blew me away. I'm, I'm not going to lie and say, like, I'm the smartest man, smartest man in the world who understands every single thing in this movie <laughs> and what it's supposed to mean. But I think just on like a visceral level and like the, <laughs> the emotion that it's able to stir with like while also being just fucking insane, like the the, the being a, just a really crazy movie. I think the characters are like super strong and like the just like how they're both kind of like broken individuals just trying to find like some sort of a connection between each other. And it's is like really well done. Uh, and it's just... Yeah, a really, really insane film. That's not not definitely not for everyone, but uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh um, I I've given one of my like epic rants on this show about this movie. Um, and I I a lot of people in this community, a lot of like I would consider film heads or like the people on Twitter that you really just don't want to like comment on your tweets. Um, they come at me and tell me like, I don't understand film or maybe it's too complex or like, listen, it was going for this. Or did you understand the theme message? No one to this day has been able to explain to me why she fucks the car. Um, and until that is proven, I'm out, and I will continue to be out. My biggest frustration with this movie, and it's been since this movie, this is the classic response from this movie I get. I don't know what I just watched, but I loved it. Hmm. hmm. That's weird. Um, and I paid really close attention to this. It was like a horrible car wreck. I couldn't look away. And like people were dying and being like burned alive while this car crash was going on. And I still was in it for the whole thing. She gets head trauma at the beginning. She stabs a guy in the ear. She bangs the car. She gets impregnated by the car. She gives birth to the car and dies. Basically what I'm getting at mostly. Um, this movie didn't. I said this before, and I'll say it again. This movie misses a golden opportunity for the car to just drive out. Um, I think that would have been the way better ending with this movie. Um, but I hate this movie. 
I hate this movie because this movie does not make any sense. <sighs> like, I understand, like, ballsy filmmaking or just going crazy, be crazy. I don't need to watch that for as long as this movie went on. That's my thing. Uh, but, Dylan, I respect you more than most, so. You don't get a pass, but I don't hate you. <laughs> well, I, and I didn't rewatch this for you. Like, I did, I watched this for somebody I'm else. Glad. So this has no, the, like, you were not the reason I saw the film, so you're going to pass. Everybody else. Yeah, um, you know, I, I just generally enjoy movies where people fuck things they're not supposed to. You know, they fuck a pie. I enjoy it. They fuck a monster. I enjoy it. They fuck a fish. I enjoy it. I think. <laughs> fuck the car. I enjoy it. <laughs> you know? It's just, I enjoy the shit out of it. I'm the fifth episode of Oz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just me our new running bit. I love it. I support uh, Aaron, Aaron, I think that you like this movie. Oh, go my ahead. God. This was nearly my 2021 pick, I'll be honest. I God. was battling between the two. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the dance sequences in this movie that are symbolic of toxic masculinity and the suppression of it, Cody, I think are absolutely gorgeous. They are varied. They're earned. Uh, the acceptance uh, of the end of uh, his son, no matter who he is. Uh, yeah, it's just beautiful. Uh, yeah, Cronenberg, one of my favorite directors, David Cronenberg. This is an absolute ode to David Cronenberg, body horror as a whole. As a whole. And Friends it's just it. over, overall symbolic of trauma and uh, repressed trauma uh, being brought forward through the fucking of the car. Uh Oil, you know, oil pie, as uh, I think Spence said <laughs> after watching it. Uh, yeah. I love that Aaron's entire thing is like, listen, I was really close. I was either going to pick this really sweet, poignant romantic comedy or the movie where a woman fucks a car. It's it was true. really close. It's true. Uh, you, can look just... at, you can look at my list for Choi Choi One. I think Titan is number one. Oh, well, that's great, because Teton's my worst movie in 2021. I think this shit fucking sucks. This thing is weird for the sake of weird, and I fucking hate it. Um, I I remember I saw the trailer for this ahead of Annette, and I think I was way nicer to Annette because I knew it couldn't be worse than whatever the car fucking trailer was before it. Um, and that's not good. Teton's worse. Uh, Teton is so fucking bad. Uh, this is a trash, trash, trash movie. Hate it. Yeah, I saw this in theaters with one other person on the other end of the theater. Afterwards, they're like, what the fuck was that? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> See it like three times. Uh, you know, I'm getting God. Fuck. I used it in Until Deep Cuts. <laughs> You're a bad person. Okay, yeah, that you using this in Until Deep Cuts is like equivalent to Mar using his ABCs of death. Like, fuck off. <laughs> <He's bad. laughs> Great choice. Um, okay. Uh, Coho. Uh, I'm going to go to 2020. I'm going to pick a movie that I really, really, really love that everyone kind of has written off. And I hate that they have because I think it's one of the best from this writer and the best as his as a director. And that's The Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, I think this movie is Sorkin's best of his three directorial efforts so far. And it's not particularly close. Um, I think he does some great stuff with this. I think it's his best original screenplay uh though he's only taken three cracks at that and i think this is the best of those three efforts i think he does such a great job of juggling so many different people uh and their uh and their uh dynamics with each other how they got here and i think all of it works really well 
Um, I think so many incredible performances in this. I think Sasha Baron Cohen is rightfully the choice to represent them all because he's really, really, really good and really fun. Um, but I love Yahya Abdul-Mateen II as Bobby Seale. I think he doesn't get enough love for that part, especially the part where he stands up and he's like, I could care less what you are sick and tired of. Um, is so great. Uh, I think that, honestly, Mark Rylance is like actually quite good in this one, uh, which is kind of crazy because I think he and Eddie Redmayne have a tendency to come and ham things up and both are pretty good at being this like pretty subdued version of what they could have done um i think jeremy strong gets a lot of shit but i think he's really fun and really good uh in his part um i think he's great uh and i think on the whole the trial of chicago seven everyone gives that ending shit but i think that ending is such a nice hopeful ending to a situation that people are like, oh, optimism. Fuck optimism in movies. I think I like the optimistic ending. Sometimes a happy ending's okay. Um, and I think that that's nice. I like the ending. Um, but I think the taking of the hill, I think the protests, I think the intercut with the stand-up comedy, the opening montage, there's so many things about the Trial of Chicago 7 to love that we just kind of left it behind in 2020, and that makes me sad because I think this is one of the better movies that came out of that year. Should have won Best Picture. Um, I don't fully understand the hate for the movie. Um, I can get, I get like Sorkin being like overhyped and stuff. Like at this point, especially in this community, I can definitely see that. Um, I can see people like having that overall problem. Um, but the trial of Chicago Seven, I enjoyed for the most part of it. I think there are great performances throughout, and again. Uh, you had me at uh, trial. <laughs> the trial is is all you needed. Um, when I when I'm not watching films and like I'm at work, like, I, I pay attention to way more court drama, like actual court cases, than I like to admit. Um, but uh, this one is an interesting fact. I think uh, who plays the judge? Um, Frank Langella. Yeah, Frank Langella. So good. I think he's so good. Like, absolutely, like, the dickish, like, judge and, like, the players that, like, have to, like, like, counteract him, I think just works really good. Uh, again, maybe the ending I can see some people having a problem, but overall, I don't have a problem with it as much as others. Uh, everybody else? Yeah, I think it's really well written. And like Cody, you give me a courtroom movie, I'm more than likely going to enjoy it. Far none for a few, but yeah, I um, enjoy the performances. I think Sasha Baron Cohen is a standout, as he should be. Good shit. Yeah, I mean, that I is a great line. That's a great line. line. I don't, I don't hate this movie. I think it's all right. I like. I don't really get a lot of the disdain for it, but I also, I, I. I I guess I can kind of see where they come from. As my thing, I think I can see like a great movie in here somewhere. I just I don't think. Aaron Sorkin is like necessarily a great director. I don't think he should be directing his own scripts. And I think like movies like Social Network are as great as they are because they have directors like uh, David Fincher at the helm uh, who are able to like cut a lot of a lot of the bullshit out of his movies, quite frankly. Uh, but yeah, I'm not super crazy about this one. I think it's a little overly long, and I'm not a big fan of the the really corny ending. But yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry. I guess I don't like happy endings. Uh, I think this movie is full of fucking shit and up its ass big time. And I don't really like think that white savior Aaron Sorkin is making any sort of points in this fucking shit. If he wanted to like change actual people's characters to make his movie more like hallmarky, he should have just made a whole fake movie instead of basing on real shit. So like, I don't know. Like, I knew too much about the actual story. I knew if you're like that's not fair to the movie then i say the same thing about blonde everybody was hating on blonde yeah i liked blonde i don't care um like you know it's like a horrible movie but i also appreciate it um like you know but like with this movie this is a real these are real life people too who like got completely like kind of just like manipulated for sorkin to make points that he's already made many points i and the ending is just like blow me no. Um, no, the sixth episode of Oz. <laughs> the sixth episode of Oz. The, oh my um, god, the I, courtroom scenes in Oz are so much better. People get their fucking noses broken and shit, and tongue part on them. It's great. Oh, um, sorry. Uh, two things. One, Molly's game, great directorial piece. I love Molly's game. I like Molly's um, game. That's his best one that he's directed. Yes, yeah. correct. I agree. I um, but uh, in Trial of Melancholy Two, the only thing <laughs> is if Kirsten Dunst gets put to death at the very beginning of the movie. So I don't have to sit there for two hours for her to die at the end. That would be my only take. That makes it better. Murder suicide um, with me and Coho. Just like everybody's always <laughs> known was coming. <laughs> Ever since Mississippi Grind. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Aaron, what's your three? Oh, great. Uh, my three. Um, 2020 is the year where everybody's convinced their favorite movie got lost because, like, it was the middle of the, it was the beginning of the pandemic and everything like that. Um, my favorite movie by far of this year, I've only watched, you okay? So is everybody okay? Was it? Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just heard like, cra- um, my, well, my wife, wife dropped something in the kitchen. Go for it. <laughs> my wife. That's <laughs> my wife. Uh, movie, uh, extremely emotional and makes me feel crazy because I don't know anybody else who's really seen or enjoyed this movie other than me and everybody who I've suggested it to it's little fish, Jack O'Connell and Olivia cook, uh, Chad Hardigan directed it. It's about a pandemic. And I watched this at the beginning of the pandemic when everybody was first locked up. So it's like, it's like, yeah, the last thing I would want is a pandemic movie. Very, very different, uh, pandemic type of movie. This is basically in the vein of an eternal sunshine of spotless mind seriously and with regards to the emotional impact of the movie um i mean i've only watched it one time i don't know if i could watch it again like it is just a movie where it's about pandemic where people are randomly being hit with a form of dementia where sometimes it's like instantly erasing their memories sometimes it's slowly happening and they focus on a particular couple where it's slowly happening to one or both at the same time. And dementia, Alzheimer's to me is like my all time biggest fear. I've worked with the Alzheimer's Association for many years. Um, and this movie does it in such an authentic way where it's not done to like shock you. It's done with regards to a romantic relationship. And the ending like sticks with me to this day. And it's like a movie that like I seriously think should be considered like an all time classic and i wish people would go and check it out it's on hulu um in the states at least i'm not sure where it's at in canada but like seriously this movie i remember tweeting about it when it happened 
the director liked and like retweeted it because no one was talking about this movie. And like, it just got lost in the shuffle. Jack O'Connell's great in the movie. Olivia Cook is even better. The colors are beautiful. The, just the themes. And uh, again, I'm really sensitive to how movies portray dementia and it doesn't, it, and this is a fake a pandemic disease, but still like the way it's handled, is just like, if this really was happening, like, this would be a horrifying thing. And it, it does really happen to people with Alzheimer's, but this is in like a very like much more accelerated type of way at points and like larger way. And I mean, it's just not done where it's like, Oh, I, like you're, you're almost like kind of losing your mind with the characters as it goes. And the ending is just like perfect. And uh, yeah, I wish people would go out and see this movie. It will destroy you uh, for sure. Um, I've suggested to a few people at this point and everybody's really liked it too. Um, and uh, yeah, great movie. Um, so Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was a movie that people told me to stay away from because they didn't think I would like it. I ended up really liking it. Um, and this movie, I will say, is better than that. Thank um, you. I, I, In my opinion, again, somebody that doesn't... I agree. I think it's for an, I, I love the, I love internal sometimes, but like this movie, the way they're able to tell, like with the the memory loss, and I think the performances are so strong, and it may have been that I was coming from a place that just didn't. Again, if you like internal sunshine with spotless mind, please forget everything I just said because I don't want you to go in there and try to compare the two. But for me, as somebody that was trying to avoid both, I think this movie is just incredible. The performances are outstanding. That even does some like. Like when he was saying the colors and stuff, normally would be like my thing is like I don't really care because the colors are going. No, it just works so well within this film. And the, I'm with, I'm with Aaron. Biggest fear, without a doubt, is dementia or Alzheimer's. Like forgetting what I know and forgetting who I. Yeah, like you forget who you are. It's just so, yeah. It's. Like, it's the thing that stuck out with Eternal Sunshine is, like, to to love somebody that much to to realize just they're a stranger. Like, that's just heartbreaking, and this movie does that so well with performances that I would never have guessed from who they're coming from. So I was so happy it was on this list. It was really strong, uh, really strong. Aaron has that weird ability of putting a movie on there that just was, like, fire. So this movie's so yeah, fire. I hope you go check it out. And it's not a long walk, it's very easy to watch. I mean, it's a it's a a hard subject overall. So um and what a time to come out too. Like yeah, watching this right when I was locked up too. It was just like I'm glad it was about such a different type of pandemic, but it was just like seeing how the world handles a pandemic where people are losing their identity and their minds, and it's just like Oh man, it didn't. It yeah, it was like the wrong time, right place to watch it. I guess. Absolutely. Uh, everybody, anybody else seen this movie? It's been on my watch list. Haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but it sounds fascinating. So I'm very interested in seeing it now. I wish I would have like I had to give people movies for Oscar, but I wish I saw this before I gave them out because I would have suggested this to a lot of people. Like. People that I knew like <laughs> would that liked internal sunshine, especially. Yeah, I'm like keep waiting for it to just like blow up and everybody be like, hey, this movie came out at the beginning of the pandemic. Like no one knew about it. But if you like because it is pretty hard when you're watching and not think of eternal sunshine. It by no means is ripping that off, but it's just kind of the natural connection you make within a few minutes of watching it. 
but you know that's like really impossible shoes to fill and i agree it's better so i hope people check it out and then message me about it because uh, i want to know if i'm crazy because this movie is great all right uh mike <laughs> here we go <laughs> so let me state this right now you love nostalgia i love nostalgia so let's do it together. <laughs> I'm picking 2018's Ready Player One. I absolutely <laughs> love the shit out of this movie. I don't give a shit. Fuck you all. This movie's fucking fantastic. I can watch this at any point and just have a great fucking time. Yeah, is it IP after IP? Yes, I don't give a shit. It has Chucky and a dude goes, it's fucking Chucky and then chucks his ass over the fucking battlefield. It's great fucking shit. I absolutely adore it. I love the book. And yeah, I think this is a good adaptation of the fucking book. They were never going to be able to adapt that book fully like everyone wanted. It was never going to happen. And I respect the hell out of Spielberg of going, there's so many references to Spielberg movies in that book that he goes, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to be that guy. I will do everything else, but I won't do my own work. I love the shit out of it. Great fucking movie. Um... I honestly don't hate this movie as most. I I think it's a. I think it's. I watched it. Um, oh, I don't know what that. Oh, sorry, I I literally got lost in uh, uh, what Michael just said. Um, I uh, I don't hate this movie. I love the book. Like something like really special. That book is something. But when I went into it, I just like said, whatever the book was, the movie can be something else and just let the movie be its own thing. Because it's really, I, I just, when they said Spielberg was tackling it, I said, there's no possible way that this movie is going to feature everything that Ready Player One was. Like Rush and like all the stuff. I was like, it's just not going to do this. It just can't do it. And I was right. Um, I the only reason uh, the only way I watch this is like with my kids because they find it like fascinating, like it's so interesting, like to see the pop culture throughout. Because I think it's very kid related, like I think it is very like a kid based movie with some real elements. So, um, I don't hate it as much, I don't think it's too, especially, but <laughs> Spielberg does no wrong. God, they right, greatest editor of all time, too. My I hate this movie. Yeah. Uh, no shit. Yeah. Uh, I really, this is a lot of what I hate about modern blockbuster film that can be distilled into one, into one film. Uh, I think nostalgia is ruining, <laughs> ruining films today, quite frankly. Uh, I think a lot of this movie is just based on, hey, look, it's that character, you know. Hey, look, it's that other character, you know. Hey, look, it's that other character, you know. But pay no attention to the main characters who are boring and uninteresting as shit. Uh, it's fucking. I, I think visually it looks. Those are you really cool. To be honest, like, I think it looks like <laughs> absolute diarrhea. Like, I, I think it's. Yeah. Got some passion yeah, out of this man. Not a fan. <laughs> I love when Dylan's angry. <laughs> this is why you don't. This is why Dylan doesn't come on shows because he shows his real side. <laughs> Dylan, like you're sitting there talking to him about something, and he's like, "Oh, that's fine." After in his head, he's like, you "Fucking idiot!" Like, he's, he's just, just letting you at it. He's like, "You're everything wrong with society." Um. <laughs> Everybody else, ready to play one. 
Um, so I think the book is really, really good. Um, I think the book is really special. I think it probably would have been a great miniseries. But I think if you're going to make it in a movie, I think Spielberg's really the only guy you can trust to tackle it. I think he, like, brings a sort of clear sort of stream of consciousness to a book that is so cluttered. There's so much clutter of pop culture references in that book. It's a cluster of stuff. So to kind of wade, wade through and sift through it to get down to what's important to sort of cinematically adjust the story um, to make it fit into a two-hour movie, I think he does an absolutely remarkable job of making that work. I think Rylance is weird as fuck. I think Rylance's performance is weird as fuck, and I'm not a fan. Uh, I think that Olivia Cook's really good. Uh, I think that Ty Sheridan is a block of wood playing a block of wood, so it's fine. Uh, way, Wade's not a very interesting character. Ty Sheridan is not a very interesting actor, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, overall, I I think it's a good movie. Uh, over Lincoln, fucking nuts <laughs> between the two Spielbergs. <laughs> Movies are allowed to just be fun, though, so I'm fine with that. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen this movie. I judged it from the trailer, and uh, I feel like I've judged it correctly. Uh, Olivia Cook back to back, though. Hey, uh -oh. I don't wife, know what I could. Everything drop just something? popped. <laughs> no, everything just popped. Up on the side, it was wild. I don't know what International I Women's Day, she's screwing up a lot in there. Yeah, throwing <laughs> things all over the kitchen. Um, I could uh, screw up. I could screw up today. Looks like it's Women's Day, and uh, yeah, yeah. I can just make a mess. Um, all right, Dylan, <laughs> you're you're number two. Yeah, uh, staying on brand with my number two from one of my favorite directors of all time, Jim Jarmusch. It's Patterson <laughs> from 2060. <laughs> Finally, um, finally a yes. Jim Jarmusch movie. I was like, when is this happening? <laughs> yeah, uh, this is, I think, his best film of the 2010s. Uh, well, easily, I'd say. But uh, I just love this movie. It's like I, I can see a lot of people it not working for a lot of people because it is a movie where ostensibly nothing happens, I guess you could say. Uh, like it quite literally, the term slice of life is has never been more apt for a movie than this because you are literally just watching a random week from a guy's a guy's life basically and just adam driver is phenomenal as the title character and like his relationship with his wife played by Golshifte farahani i think her name is sorry if i if i uh said that wrong but you did better than i would have yeah they're such a like they're probably one of my favorite like on-screen movie couples like they're just so darn cute together uh and i think that more than uh most movies i think this movie does a really good job at like illustrating just like how artists find like inspiration and where it's a lot of this movie like is essentially like it's very it shows how he finds like the beauty and like the mundane which i think is something that not a lot of movies tackle really all that well and i think it does a really good job at that uh like where he would just write a poem about like oh how how quirky and cute this little uh this little box of matches has like is a uh, it's blue and the words make the shape of a megaphone i'm gonna write a love poem about that and just like these like trivial things that you see every day and how he like ties that into his poetry i think is like really beautiful 
Uh, and Marvin is like one of the best movie dogs of all time. Love that little rascal. Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, I love this movie so much. It's like, for again, a movie where very little happens, quote unquote. Uh, it actually is quite rewatchable for me. It's kind of like a comfort movie where it's just a very breezy, almost relaxing movie, just kind of like to slow me down, I guess. You know, it's a it's a great movie. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on this one. Um, I was expecting to not enjoy this as much, but I really did. I think, like, this is one of those movies that, like, it rarely happens, but, like, I just like a the world kind of stands still like just a slice of like in the world of just watching the people coexist but not like but in a movie setting and i figure sometimes that's boring but with the way they're able to tell this story kept me engaged the entire time like i was enthralled like with it great dog also i will say that but like there's a there's a spot in the film where um i can't think uh the guy comes up on the park bench and like sits down and like says, can I sit here? And like, it is like one of my like great scene in this movie of them just like having, like finding like where he finds his inspiration and like has this honest, like honest, like true conversation. It's just like, if you randomly sat down on a park bench and like, just talk to somebody, it's like one of those kind of movies. And I just, I had a great time with it. Uh, I didn't expect to like, like, hate it or love it but i adam driver i think sold it and i think that dynamic of the the relationship worked really well so i well done thanks for bringing it up two movies little fish and this i really really enjoyed so cool has anybody else seen this movie yeah it's a good slice of life movie and adam driver is definitely incredible good shit yeah no i love this movie uh one of my favorite jarmusch movies um for sure uh driver's great there's there is like a ton to actually pick up even though there's not a lot there's just such weird direction choices that keep it from going into that complete mundanity that um i think would kind of cause some people to drift in and out of it um so yeah uh, great choice uh good call okay um top that coho i will <laughs> Because you can call it uh, a timely choice uh, with the release of its sequel last week, but my pick for 2015 is fucking Creed. Uh, Creed is a movie that just fucking rules. Um, from the opening, where he's a kid in the detention center fighting, and Marianne comes to see him, and he's like, what was his name? Title card, Creed. And then we're just in. This movie just goes. Every fight rocks. We talk about the Leo Sperino fight all the time, but I think that final fight is just packed full of incredible moments. Just where he gets up and he knocks him down on the Rocky theme hits when he's sitting in the corner and his cut man is tapping the back of his head to make sure he knows what uh, uh, number the ref's holding up. I think there's so much great sports cinema in this, but also just on like a human level, Coogler is such an incredible director, probably one of my favorites, one of my top three working right now. Um, really hasn't missed. I think Creed is such a great, legacy sequel where he just reinvents this franchise entirely and reinvents Rocky Balboa gives Rocky some incredible stuff where it's like I just told myself if anything broke up was well gonna fix it <clears throat> um and just gives Rocky such a great fight to go through to continue that journey while giving Donnie something really special and giving us some new character to tackle a totally different 
element of that sport where it's like you're fighting not just for you but for a legacy that is technically yours and you didn't know the person that you're fighting for uh and i think that's a really special dynamic um that they create with them i think tessa thompson's phenomenal i think we don't talk about felicia rashad in these movies enough as marianne creed i think she's so good especially in the sequels but in this one a lot um Movie's phenomenal. I I had a great time rewatching these leading up to Creed three, and Creed is the best one. It's so good. Listen, are the Rocky movies the greatest franchise ever? No, but are they damn good? Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Are they America? Yeah, they are. <laughs> Let me tell you. Listen, a few things about America. You play that Rocky theme and your heart doesn't start bumping a little bit, time to move. Time to move countries. It doesn't make sense. Listen, when he sits in that corner and he's like, I never got to thank Apollo for all he did for me. And when he's like, and I'll, I'll fight this thing when I get back, but you got to fight now and go knock his ass down. And he stands up and that music hits. That's cinema. That's what Scorsese was talking about. That's cinema right there, okay? That's it. I'm telling you, like, this movie, one, one, the best movies in the Rocky franchise are both Creed. Oh, probably not all three Creed's, to be honest. Yes, I, haven't seen the, I haven't seen the third one. But, like, I love this movie just because this movie should have never worked. This movie makes no sense why it worked. This movie... This movie has Sylvester Stallone playing the best Rocky that he's ever played, and he played the character for six movies. Um, Michael B. Jordan is absolutely uh, uh, dynamite. Like, uh, the boxing sequence in those movies, Coogler's direction to be able to, like, tie in, like, such a classic franchise, but to be able to, like, get you to care about this character on the same level, it's shot so much, like... The boxing's not even close compared to some. Like, not even. Rewatching it, just it's instantly rewatchable. I agree. His uh, uh, his mom in the movie is just oh no, you want brain damage. That's what you want. You want brain damage. You want to be dead. Like, like just pulling out woods. Like, no, Apollo died. Like, Apollo died from this. Like, it's just the and I think that's such a dynamic to have. Um, great choice. Yeah, I love Creed. Great line I Creed too, Creed. What? She. I. I almost said one of the lines, but I realized I was in Creed too. Where it's like, don't pretend this, but you don't do this. Oh, don't certainly pretend that it's about your father. And that's. I realized this is Creed too. But Creed. But Creed two is just as good. Damn it, it's so good. Nah, there's some problem, but not as great. But it's great. Um, everybody else on Creed. Yeah, I enjoy it very much. Um. The Rocky movies had like it's been a roller coaster of the Rocky movies for me. As a as a small child, absolutely fucking obsessed with all of them. Fucking watched them all the time. And then I kind of lost that in like my teenage years. But once the Creed movies came out, I gave them all a rewatch. And yeah, I, I enjoy them for what they they are definitely America. Fuck yeah. And Creed is no exception. And I, I just love the small moments between Rocky and Creed in it. Like outside of it is a van or inside the restaurant, or the first time that he goes to the gym to talk to him. Those are the moments I really enjoy in the movie. Good shit. The ending's really good. Yeah, I'm not American, obviously, but uh, <laughs> I still love this franchise, and uh, yeah, this is, this is, I think, a great example of 
uh, a legacy sequel like done done really well where it's like it's actually about carving like your own legacy and i think like michael b jordan is like just phenomenal in it and yeah i think all the callbacks to the original movies are just like done done really well and yeah it's a the one take shot fight is like amazingly done and yeah just really well directed not much else to say about it It, that hasn't already been said it's a great movie um i prefer the boxing sequences in the oz boxing tournament from season three (laughs) where uh o'reilly enters his mentally challenged brother cyril into the boxing tournament uh to take out the guido uh yeah i didn't see creed Sorry. You haven't seen Creed? Wow. I, think I know. Know. I need to see it. I need to see it. I've only seen the first two Rockies, actually. Um, I really like Rocky two. I actually really liked Rocky two more than Rocky one. Um, and uh, that's correct. I, I would like to eventually get to the rest of them. And like Rocky just, three is a national treasure. I hope you know. <laughs> is is it okay? That's the one with Mr. T, right? And yeah. I think Rocky. Unironically, I think Rocky Three might be the best Rocky. <laughs> I, 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 Rocky I really, really liked Rocky Two. I know we're talking about Creed, but I'd like to watch <laughs> them. I'd like to watch them in order and then yeah. cap it off with the Oz. Skip Box Rocky Five. Here. Just skip Rocky Five. No, What's no, I, I've seen the Rocky Five uh, fight. I have seen that. That's like God. not not thrilled. What's your prediction for your fight against Rocky? Pain. Pain. <laughs> um, uh, all right. What? Yeah, and Thunderlips is in there. Let's yeah. go. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is your uh, number two, um, Aaron? All right. Number two, it was yiked earlier. Um, frankly, I should have probably put Lil Fish at number two after thinking about this, but it's okay. Um, both these movies I adore, I love. Um, it's Her as my number two, 2013. Uh, Spike yeah, Jones is lat yeah, and Dylan also had it. Um, does Dylan talk about it or do I talk about it? Does you it talk about it first. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Spike Jones's last movie directed. This is sad. Um, really sad. Uh, I come back, Spike. This is a great movie to revisit because um, when you're really down, this movie kind of lifts you up. When you're feeling very lonely and kind of disillusioned and like. Uh, nothing's going to change when you're in that mood. This movie kind of brings you up when you're more up. This movie kind of brings you down, makes you sad um, a little bit, but it's still overall really, really comforting. The world that's created in this movie, I think was extremely influential moving forward in a lot of movies. Another one where the colors are huge uh, for me. Uh, The characters are all so great, but especially Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. I mean, both of them should have been nominated. They're just incredible in the roles and uh it's there's there's just like the uncomfortable moments that are just done in such a genuine like touching human way um which is ironic since one of the characters is not um and uh it's very easy to kind of make fun of the kind of hipster like look overall of the movie but you know at the same point i feel like it was done with a purpose i feel like everything in this movie was done very purposeful and like uh, just there's been different points in my life where I felt mentally kind of close to this character. And it's nice to watch now and feel far away from that character. But it's still a movie I come back to every few years for sure. Um, and uh, I just love the I love the script as well. I love the conversations between the characters who are clearly unhappy trying to teach the main character what happiness is all about. It's like you are like the most unhappy of all the people. So it's great. 
Yeah, and I had this at my number eight. Yeah, this is really, really beautiful movie. Uh, I, I actually caught on to this movie like much later than everyone else. I think I only watched it for the first time like two or three years ago. But uh, I think it's phenomenal. And uh, yeah, just like Aaron said, the topics that it touches on and is done like really well. And like, I think, yeah, there's some like really, there are some really uncomfortable scenes that are, I think done super well and are kind of touching in their own way. Like when the, when the woman comes over to be like basically the human vessel for the, uh, for uh, Scarlett Johansson's AI character as so they can have intercourse basically. Uh, that's like so awkward, but like the lady wanted, wanted to do it because like she was like touch, genuinely touched by their uh, relationship. She wanted to be a part of it, which is, you know, uh it was kind of heartwarming in its own way uh but yes some really really uh really funny scenes as well like with the uh with the alien in the video game that voiced by spike jones he's just cussing at uh joaquin phoenix the whole time is really funny uh yeah just a really great screenplay i'm all over the place right now it's fine great movie (laughs) (laughs) no <laughs> um, her is outstanding, uh, an outstanding movie. Like, I don't believe like the hype that like Scarlett like, Johansson deserved an Oscar nomination for her. I don't care the about phone. the Oscars, so I just throw it. That's fine. I don't care about that's the fair. Oscars. So. I know Koha <laughs> said it before. She's my winner that year. That's I love year. that. I love that. That's cool. That's bold. I think. No, I mean, I agree. Like, you know, I've said that before. If the Oscars this Sunday just decided to, like, give Triangle of Sadness the best picture and let the whole world burn, let's go. I think it would just be, I think it would just be the greatest thing. Triangle of Sadness and Adarmus. Let's go. I love that movie. I don't care. <laughs> like, no, I, I haven't seen it, but, like, it's not the front runner. No one's talking about it. But if yeah, they did something completely, if they did something completely unconventional and no one saw it coming, oh, yeah. Views would go way up for the Oscars. The first ever write-in Best Picture winner, Glass Onion. Shut up. Sorry. Her uh, is great. Um, I I've seen it. I I don't I haven't revisited it since a while. Less. I liked it a lot. Um, I don't know how I'll feel on rewatch. I think I will still like it a lot. But I think the the first time being in that world and like jumping into it, like it's kind of like takes you like whoa like this. They're they're bold with this. Will all this stuff work for me still? I'm hoping so, but I like to keep in the world that maybe it won't, maybe it will, but I liked where it was. So, yeah, I've said this before. I think Joaquin Phoenix is one of the greatest actors. I, I think he's absolutely incredible. Um, everybody else, Coho yeah. retired this movie. So. Uh, I did. This, otherwise, this, this is my favorite movie of 2013. So, great choice. I uh, love it. I've talked a lot about it a lot. I think it's very well made and really well written. And I'm, I'm glad it's represented. Yes. Yeah, you know, uh, a callback from earlier, you know, as I've said, I like movies where characters fuck things that they normally wouldn't. And, you know, he wants to fuck a phone, a voice on a phone, you know, I'll give it to him. It's good shit, you know. Walking Phoenix is fantastic. And, yeah, like Dylan brought up, fucking video game character, fucking great shit. I want that, that in a cool. video game. Fucking video game just give me shit the whole time. I'll take that. Fuck you, <laughs> Did you say the voice okay. of Spike Jones for the video game character? Yeah. I didn't know that. All right. Interesting. 
All right, we're ones. Mike, what's your okay. one? So the, it was a yikes from earlier. If there's any movie that sums up me, it's a movie about making movies where people get their shit rocked all the time. It's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 2019. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love the fucking insane shit that goes on in this movie. People getting their heads smashed in, their noses broken by cans, flames fucking getting put on fire out of nowhere. All kinds of random shit happens in this movie while they're just exploring Hollywood together. Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are fucking fantastic. I love the hippie ranch scene. The thing is so fucking amazing. I love how he turns it into a small horror movie there for a minute of them walking into the house where you don't know what the fuck is going to happen when he walks down the hallway trying to find his buddy. The performance is all great to me. The Charlie Manson shit is fantastic. I fucking crack up. And if you're going to take anything away from this movie, it's don't cry in front of the Mexicans. Good shit. Uh, yeah, I have this one. Yeah, I this I I've come around super hard. I've come around on this movie super hard. Uh, the first time I watched it, I thought it was pretty solid. Um, I I've always thought this movie was fine at the very least. Um, and I've kind of liked it more and more every time I've watched it. It kind of went incremental, incremental, incremental. Um, and then I just kind of watched it, and I really loved what I saw. Um, I think that it's really fun to live in this Tarantino '60s Hollywood world. Um, it's fun to just hang out there for two and a half hours with with Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, who are really fun characters. Um, I get I hear a lot of the criticisms about Sharon Tate and the Charlie Manson stuff, but like I think it is actually really effective in the third act, um, and is an effective way to end that movie um, and add to that sort of fairy tale nature of what this sort of golden era ending was. Um, I think Leonardo DiCaprio is so so good uh, in this performance. I think he's phenomenal. Um, I support Pitt's Oscar win. I think he's great. I think him and Mike Moe have that great scene uh, with Bruce Lee fighting. I think that is a really, really fun scene on the back lot. Um, I love how many favors this man calls in. Just all his friends show up in this damn movie. <laughs> Kurt Russell's so fun in his, like, two scenes. Um, he called in favors for people who ended up not even being in the movie. I wish I could see the Tim Roth scenes. I want to see those Tim Roth scenes. That man was in two scenes and they got cut. I'm so mad about that. Um, I want to see what he does in this world. Um, Michael Madsen being in like one scene. Uh, Tarantino does a great job with this movie. Um, and I think it was super fun. <coughs> it's a really beautifully shot movie but and looks great, but this is easily Tarantino's most moran- um, I Whatever. I'm not going to go further. You gave it three stars, and now you give it five stars, co-host, so I think it's total bullshit. Like, you totally, like, switch your tune on it, and I don't think the movie changes that much. My frustration with this movie is it was pitched as one thing to the audience. It's totally not that. What was told from the longest thing, and again, they didn't do a really good job of press releases of a different thing, but... Tarantino tackling Charlie Manson. Like, that's literally was the headlines for months leading to this film. Not that at all. It's a t- it's a tacked-in thing that he throws in at the end that doesn't need to be in this film at all. Like, I get it. It's cool. Like, it's an interesting take on it because, like, him rewriting history is kind of his thing. But, like, it's so frustrating when that's, like, you just tack it in to tack it in. Like... If it's just viewing Hollywood, that's fine. My thing is, it's not a bad movie. It's not. It's a. It's fine. It just doesn't live up to the Tarantino-like epic that I want it to be. I, I think this movie falls in disappointing, not bad. Like, 
I just wanted more of it. I think their performances are fun. I think Pitt's good. I don't think Pitt deserved to win. Uh, I think Al Pacino or Joe Pesci deserve to win for the Irishman. That's just my personal take on that. Um, but that movie's in my top 10 of all time. So, of course, I'm going to say that. Um, but, like, I like what he does with old Hollywood. And I would love him to stay in that genre. I just, one, it would probably be a four-star movie for me if we don't go to the end and do the Charlie Manson stuff that doesn't need to, like, I understand get your revenge kind of thing, but it doesn't fit to the story that you're really trying to tell in a way that makes sense to me. It's just like, it worked in Inglorious Bastards, right? Like, killing Hitler, like, that works. Like, that's because that's where you're tying for. You're killing Nazis is your whole plan. Being in old Hollywood at the time of the 60s for Sharon Tate doesn't make sense. Like, when Django kills everybody on that thing, it makes sense because he's oppressed by them the entire time. This is just like, you know who was a fucking asshole? <laughs> Charlie Manson and them. Let's fuck them up in history. It just doesn't work in the old time. Like, I know that would be fun for people, but it just doesn't work in the story aspect. At, like, they liked it in these two movies. Let's do it in this. It just doesn't work. Yeah, not my thing. Um, but I don't blame the pick. Like, this is a perfect, this is a you, this is a Boatman, this is a Kirk. Like, stay in that old Hollywood is a fun place to play. And I get it. Uh, everybody else. Yeah, I love this movie. Uh, I I remember I when I originally saw it, I wasn't super super high on it. Like I thought it was like basically a collection of great scenes that were just loosely tied together. And uh, the movie, I guess it was like a parts greater than the sum, I guess. But then when I watched it a second time, I was like, oh, but I can't wait to get to this scene. I can't wait to get to this scene. I can't wait to get. And so even that, well, that criticism of like it being very like loosely tied together was, I guess, still kind of there. It kind of also went away on rewatch because I just have so much fun with the individual scenes. Uh, and yeah, I think it's like really clever what he does with uh, what he does with the Manson family at the end by just like kind of taking the power away from him by just making them a complete farce and just mocking them. Like it's very similar very similar to what they what he does with uh, the KKK and Django Unchained, where they they're just complete idiots. Like it's really well done, uh, and yeah, yeah, really great movie. Also, uh, fond memories of just my my friends were like obsessed with this movie when it originally came out. So we would like we went on a road trip and we were just nonstop listening to the soundtrack of this movie, and the soundtrack is just amazing. So yeah. Yeah, I really like this movie from the first time I saw it. I've seen it a couple times now, and uh, the novelization of the movie is actually really, really great. And uh, I'm not a big reader, but uh, yeah, this was like added a ton of depth to the characters. And I think for people who like it but are kind of lacking that attachment or like reason to care a little more, it really will kind of help kind of formulate it out more. I would have loved to see this as like a television series. I know he'd never do it, but it's, there's just so much packed into this that it does kind of suffer a little bit. Um, but, you know, I still like it. Definitely not my number one, but respect the people who love it. They really do love it. And it seems to be one that people have really come around to like more and more on these second and third watches of it. I think because of how stuffed it is. Um, okay. Uh, Dylan. Okay. Leaving a, leaving with one more, uh, one more film to make Cody hate me. 
my number one, my favorite movie of the of the 2010s, and my uh, third favorite movie of all time is The Lighthouse. Uh, I when I when I saw this movie in theaters, my brother, we were just like <laughs> we were like completely caught off guard. We went in knowing very little and came out just like what the fuck was that in like the best like the best way possible where it was like there just so many like theories of like what everything actually meant it was just it's a movie that i think is just a lot of fun to like talk with people about what they what they picked up from it uh, i think willem dafoe in this movie is one of my favorite performances in movie history i think he is amazing in this movie so many great lines uh from him in this like uh i just he's so great this is the first film where i like because I, I knew Robert Pattinson was a, a good actor. I didn't know that he had this type of performance in him where he's he fully transforms in this movie as well. Uh, yeah, just the paranoia of this movie is like so well done. Some like really just bone chilling shots like with the with the mermaid just like howling on the on the beach is really, really freaky or like at the end when Robert Pattinson's in the lighthouse and he's just like screaming and the sound is so distorted and just like the light is like intentionally like overexposed and it's just like a really freaky image and it's just so many like nightmarish visuals and stuff like that that just I was floored by just like the filmmaking and just the acting and everything and it's the type of really weird horror film that I just like like showing showing people weirdly enough and getting like seeing what they think about it people that i think can handle it like i'm not going to show this to like my grandma or whatever but uh yeah i love this movie a lot i think the most interesting thing is like when i watch this movie the amount of text i got was like who the hell told you to watch the lighthouse (laughs) it was like resounding like oh no why did you do this uh, I'm gonna keep it very short. If you watch, if watch this movie, and you will have a clear indication of what I do not like. This is one of those movies. I do not enjoy this movie at all. Um, Willem Dafoe, and you know, I I don't know if I can look at him the same way <laughs> after this movie. Um, okay, everybody else in the lighthouse. Hey guys, remember when I referenced uh, her back there about, you know, things fucking. There it yeah, is. You know, there we go. <laughs> fucking a mermaid. Enjoy the <laughs> shit out of this movie. It's great shit. And the farting shit. I'm shocked. Was fantastic. I love the performances. It's a great fucking movie. Outside okay. Defoe's performance, I'm not a fan. Oh. Yeah. I used to give him the performance. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this movie, obviously. Um, Great theater experience, like just uh, the way it's shot. It just like the film, like it like has like a texture to like the scenes. You feel like you like if you touch the screen, it would be like just like covered like gooey cum. Like it's just like everything you want out of a movie. Uh, like and it's just like you know, just like I mean, like really, like you feel like it's dripping onto you, uh, and you just want to drop it and just like open up and let let it in. Uh, the mermaid, terrifying as hell. Uh, 
now that Coho's gone, uh, there's a scene in Oz that this reminds me of. Where, I was going to say, are you talking about this or yeah. Oz? Episode 7. <laughs> episode 8. Episode 8, where they blind oh, the hero officer. Uh, and then, the, you know, the family comes in, they're like, why did you blind me? Uh, anyways, uh, yeah. This movie, A24 approved, of course. Robert Eggers, my lord and savior. He's fantastic. I mean, we I did a drunk watch of this. Uh, which I believe it's still on YouTube with Christina. And if you know Christina, this movie is like the most un-Christina movie of all time. Uh, yeah, she did not care for it. So maybe you guys could talk about that at some point. In honor of International Women's Day. We still have an hour left, ladies. Enjoy your hour. Sorry. Oh, what's your one? I, just, I fucking love her, Jay. Uh, okay, so my, my number one. Uh, I retired Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, so everyone's going to go, what 2018 movie does Coho have? I'm actually going to get to finally talk about a movie that I don't really get to talk about much on this show or many others, and that would be Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther uh, MCU, is, yes. is, I think, my favorite, not I think, is my favorite MCU movie. It's actually quite close uh, to being in my top ten. I really love Black Panther. I think what Kugler does with this movie is really special. Um, how he comes to this world and makes a totally new corner of the MCU that feels so different than the rest of the universe and feels very lived in and very different. And all these characters that are just have these great relationships with each other. I think T'Challa is an incredible protagonist. I really love Chadwick Boseman. I'm I'm Chadwick Boseman. She'll big time. Uh, so I think he's really good in this. I think Michael B. Jordan is phenomenal as Killmonger. Uh, once again, comes into a Coogler joint and just hits a home run. Um, I think that uh, I think that uh, there's a lot of really great. There's a lot of really really good uh, performances across the sporting cast. Uh, I love Denai Guerrero. I like that she keeps getting bigger bigger parts in the MCU as a Koye because I think she's really fun and really interesting. I love Winston Duke Simbaku. I love him. So much in this movie. <laughs> he is just so he goes from being such this intimidating force to also just being such a grumpy, just fun, lovable guy once you get to know him. Um, I think Kugler does a great job with the world of Wakanda and makes a really fun story out of it. Uh, and I absolutely love returning to this over and over and over again. Uh, so love Black Panther. Does Kugler refer to his movie as the no. joint? Is he? No, that's oh, just okay. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to. I was like, I know it's a Spike Lee thing. But I don't know no, I think Spike Lee is the only director who actually does that. Co host is just doing a little diet racism. That's all he's doing as he's talking. Oh, about God. Like <laughs> oh, God. Never mind. I don't like Harry Diet. diet. <laughs> I said diet racism, not full. It's like the light that white people do. Listen. Like, ah, Spike Lee's. Listen. Googler, they're the same. My, my racism is asking. Go in 2023, diet regular, not great. Caffeine freezy, caffeine free is even worse. Okay, anyways, um, I'm just kidding, Kyle. I mean, let's let's be real. Let's be real. The third act of this movie is shit. <laughs> the third act is complete shit. Like you can't. Like I get it. I like the movie for what it is, but you can't do a CGI suit and then fuck it CGI. Like you just can't do it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. And we're gonna like. There's a movie that came out in '94 that a person <laughs> took over kingdom by throwing somebody off of a off a high cliff. 
It's called Lion King, and it doesn't look runtime with better music in it. So overall, I think it's fine. I don't think it's anywhere near MCU, like top MCU. I think it's fine where it is. Um, again, I'm all for Kugler, but I want Kugler as far away from the MCU as possible. I want him to do his own thing. Like, I think he can tell great stories. Um, unless he wants to do more boxing movies, I'm totally on, on board with that. But um, it's just, I just, I, 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 it loses me every time because there's great performances, great world, great building. And then we're just like, you remember all the good stuff for this two sixty six percent. This thirty three gonna be a fucking ass, and we're just gonna be okay. I'm not okay with that. It just finish your movie. Finish your movie strong. If you're gonna do it, you gotta finish it. That's my only thing. Like, uh, and that's not his fault. It's a hundred percent not his fault because he doesn't in charge of the FX. <laughs> Somebody should have sat there and be like, "That looks like shit. Fix it." And no one did. Um, uh, everybody else on the on Black Panther. I agree with Cody. I think it's a pretty good movie, but um, the third act 100% suffers. And I, I've, I've watched it twice, and I still have the same issues with it. I think um, everything surrounding it is good, but yeah, I like others a bit better. Yeah, I mean, this I, I really like this one a lot. Uh, uh, even though like I, I'm not like the biggest MCU fan. I think this one's like really, really quite good. Uh, I think, yeah, it has some of the problems that I know Scott Harvey has gone on about visually with like a lot of the, uh, the uh, CGI looks very bad and uh, at certain parts, but uh, yeah, overall, I think it's really, really good. Uh, I love the supporting cast of characters and Black Panther himself is like a really, really great great protagonist and uh, because i'm me i also have to mention the soundtrack kendrick lamar big fan uh the sound the, the music is amazing in this movie uh, i love it and yeah i mean definitely definitely a way better film than uh the winter soldier uh but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have oh, sorry i had to throw that in there just so to, to secure last all right all right it? maple leaf boy <laughs> <laughs> all right i haven't seen this movie um i'm sure it's sure it's fine um my take on this too is of all the mc movies that did need a final battle like as big as it was this is the movie if they would have settled it like square off where out without the suits and finished it the way they started the first time like in an epic fight between the two of them way better film in my opinion it's the one movie that didn't need rhinos and fucking bullshit um all right, let's close it up, Aaron. What's yep. your one? Close it up. I had to close it up with A24. This is the one that kind of started the obsession with it all, um, to be honest. Uh, saw this movie completely blind, had no idea what it was about. Uh, it saw it the day after breaking up uh, from the worst relationship of my life, uh, and I'll spare the details on that, but it's 2015's The Lobster. Uh, this is. movie is perfect. It's probably my favorite movie of all time. If I had to pick one, this would probably be it, honestly. It's one of these that it just so emotionally resonated with me. Um, and it like I hate to be like literally, oh, that's how I feel, but that's how I felt completely at the moment. It just it's such a dark black comedy. Yorgos Lanthimos, just a director that very much for some people, very much not for other people, and that's completely fine with me. Um Every, like the way that this world is set up, it is just kind of how someone feels after they've been broken up with, where it's like, it feels like illegal to be single. feels like everybody is like 
like knows you're single like in like this the world of this movie you have 40 days to find somebody in this weird resort or you turn the animal of your choice i'm like i'm in like completely olivia coleman everybody just is like aliens pretending to be humans in this world and it just completely works like the scene with john c Riley and the toaster is just like oh god like just like hilarious i get it people like think the first half is stronger than the second half i actually think the second half is equally as strong as the first half because it's basically just flipping the whole like view on its head of people who are convinced that being single is like the way to go once you get to a certain point of like where you're like oh relationships are the worst people who need relationships it's terrible relying on people it's like both sides are equally like fucking stupid like it's the whole point and it's just like at, and, and it is like completely absurd it's uncomfortable the end is perfectly ambiguous to me um and either way you take the ending works in a different way Colin Farrell, one of my favorite actors of all time. I mean, he really is. And I just, I left this movie and that's when I started my H24 internship, which led to my full-time gig as an H24 ambassador that I'm at today. That is still unpaid, but it's really, really prestigious for me. And I just, I watched this movie with my mom also. My mom took me to the movies. My mom goes to a movie like once every five years. So for her to sit through this movie that starts with a woman shooting a horse, like my mom's not really about animal violence and shit like that. Like she simply stuck through the movie because I was like, because I was there. Yeah. Most people. Sure. Like, but like simply because she knew I was like in a really sad state of mind and I needed my mom to go to a movie with me after my girlfriend broke up with me. So like she watches a movie where like a dog gets kicked to death and shit, like just all this fucked up shit. And it's just like, but it all has like a complete point. And, um, you know, it's just like, there's the couple who gets a kid because they're having problems. They're like, we're going to add a kid. And it's like, oh, well, that's like, all of it is like, yes, this is so on the nose, but it's also just incredibly entertaining to watch for me. Um, I'm never going to forget the experience of seeing this movie uh, the first time, having no idea about it. And just like, I try to go into movies all the time that way. Uh, and this movie really was the movie that like inspired that for like the rest of my life. And it just will never change. So I get it. If it's not for people, certain people love it. Other people don't. I, but yeah, to me, favorite movie of all time. So number one, e this is the easiest pick for sure. Um, your ghost is like a director that most people are like, that's not a Cody director. It's the exact opposite. I love your ghost movie. I haven't seen Dogtooth. I think that's the one I'm missing. Oof. Good um, one. It's a banger. Literally. Um, but I love all three of his other ones that I've seen. Um, Lobster included. Um, it's it's. I think it's just the right amount of fucking weird. Like, the way he does it, I think it just works for me. But he also, like, maps it with, like, such great performances. Like, that's the thing that always, like, ties in. Like, the performances are just outstanding in these movies. So I can, like, accept a little bit of weird. I agree with this movie. Like, the subject matter that it tackles and, like, the, the being single after a relationship, like, you're being illegal, like, it's so true. And, like, it's, like, it tackles, like, real-life stuff. Like, couples are failing or whatever. Like, oh, let's try to have a child together. Like, that's going to bring us together. Like, it's, it's a terrible idea. Yeah, so, like the, when well, they show the example of being alone and they're like, when you're alone and it just like shows a woman basically getting raped. And then they're like, when you're with somebody and it like shows the man like protecting the, it's just like, 
yeah, it's just like very on the nose, over the top, yet kind of how our world is. But know? like how reality looks. Like if you're single at a certain age, you're doing something wrong. If you're with somebody, you're doing it right. But sometimes it's the worst thing you could do for yourself. Um, it's okay to be single, people. Like to live life in your single. So before you find somebody, you're actually careful. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great choice overall. Anybody, uh, everybody else on the lobster? Yeah, I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. Mike has to love this movie. Yeah, it's so it's so fucking weird and insane, and absolutely enjoy it. Great shit. Shockingly enough, I have not seen it, but I, I know a lot. Wow, Dylan! I would this movie. You have to like this. Has to be in one your next one. You want this is such yeah. a banger. Uh, um, yeah, I like it. I think it's good. Um, I. <laughs> Calm I down. too have Let this. Me t- I here's the thing. I have. I also have negative, like real life things associated with this movie. But like for for so for me, it'll be a long time before I go back to it. But I I think it's a very unique and inventive movie, and for what it's doing, I appreciate it. And I think it's a good movie. Um, it's just not one I'll go back to. Uh, I do really like Colin Farrell's performance. So. Well, if this movie doesn't do it for you, us episode nine is going to roll up for you. Shoot a horse episode nine, guys. Oh <laughs> All of it. On season the, one. Just Jesus. On this note, um, we made it to the end. Congratulations, everybody. Um, really good. Yeah, cross your fingers. See if you win. Um, first place, Coho. Uh, I mean, when you gift me five hundred dollars and didn't make his own money, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. He gifted me five hundred dollars. Like, that's like, say I was what like you will. Black Panther and Travis Seven. No one else in this community did what he did for me today, so I appreciate that. My family is thankful. I'm going to spend it on stupid shit. Um, uh, number two, Aaron. Aaron wins number two. Hey. Um, Little Fish, I just love, and I think the top three is super strong. I hate Portrait of a Lady on Fire, but overall, I just those three and giving me Little Fish, great choice. Um, Mike's n- number three was really close overall. Just not the biggest fan of Once Upon a Time, and I think if he moved, maybe Ready Player One down a few spots, he'd be in a little better spot. But that's not Mike. Mike's not here for the win. Mike's here for Spielberg in the top, um, and. Uh, Last is it was really close. It was really close. Uh, Dylan was so close to winning today. It wasn't even funny. Um, okay, like I'm Pattinson's face is perfect there. So, um, damn. Yeah. Um, we're gonna wrap tonight because I have a meeting after this. Um, uh, oh, that's the combined. I picked the movies that I would represent from each one. Um, yeah, but now looking back on that tiled Chicago set, change that to Little Fish and move that yeah. like way up. That's what I would do now looking back. Um, but I knew I was, oh, God, 2019. So this list is wrong. This list is wrong. It's so wrong. It's wrong. It's I was about crazy. to say, what the fuck? <laughs> well, two people had it, so, and it was high. It was your number one. So In the words of Schindler, the list is good. <laughs> um, I still need, I still <laughs> I'm a Jew. Relax. I'm a Jew. Relax. No, you're good. Um, I still need three people for the Phantom Bracket, and Scott Harvey's doing endings, so send him your list. I'm not there, so if you send it to me, I will not send it because I'm lazy. Um, In March Madness is going on, so could care less. Um, Thank you all for being on. See you next week for the Bracket. Um, Peace. guilt has been determined. This is merely a sentencing hearing. Now what will it be? Death or...
Exile. You better lawyer up, asshole. Because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. So. Normally, I would say Alfida Zane. But since what Alfida Zane actually means is till I see you again. And since I never wish to see you again, to you, sir, I say good. <laughs>